everybody, welcome to episode 21 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Ice Teas, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. What's up, everybody? We're back another week. Lots of action, lots of stuff on the go. We'll start it with introducing the boys. Jason Davidson, how you doing today? Not too bad, LT. Just watching a little hockey here, actually. Um, so if I'm not entirely focused on you two, I apologize. Oh, you got better things to do? Yeah. What, what's well, different What's different than last week and the week before that and the week before that? Fuck. I'm just taking in a little <laughs> bit of a hockey game here. Uh, looking forward to having a visit with you boys. Um, speaking of hockey, is that where we're going with this week? Couple oh yeah, guys. she's a hockey week. She's a big Ooh. hockey week for the NFL. big hockey week. How about three cheers for the Sasky boys, Gordy Howe and Patrick Marlowe? Fucking right, represent. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think that's pretty awesome. All right, how many, uh, how many games is it officially? God, just wait. God damn it, I got to interview. Oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. Okay, our <laughs> other. Hold on, let me get my bubbles glasses on. <laughs> um. Have you guys watched uh, <laughs> SwearNet? You guys got to watch SwearNet. Hey, Have you heard of it? Fucking you heard shut it? up. Can you, yeah. can, can you shut up for a second? He was going to introduce me. Yeah, but I, I, we'll get back into SwearNet here in a minute. But yeah, I, again, with us, Scotty Byrne. How are you doing today? Good, fellas. How are you? Good to, <laughs> good to see you again. I missed you. I really did. E- even you, Jason. I missed you. Hey, Scott, <laughs> it's always good to see you, pal. Swearing at, where are you going with that, though? Do you like that? Did you watch Trailer Park Boys when they were hot on, on FX? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Twilight's friend Carla was here on the weekend and told told us about this swearing at. Never hadn't heard about it. I thought it, they just did it, but apparently it's quite a few years old. Oh, yeah. Well, shit, did we laugh. Like, it's just... <laughs> I don't even know how you explain it. Just, it's, it's like... Dumb, dumber, and the dumbest with oh, a lot yeah. of swearing, right? Yeah. Like oh, no dude. real point. Just what is it? Shit. What is it? You Scott, gotta you watch, watch it. Boys? You gotta watch it. Yeah, a little bit. Like I didn't oh, really get okay. into it. Into it. I think it was more like probably my generation, but I remember like Gage Gay and those guys when I'd go to the states, and and most of those guys, the only thing that they knew about Canadians was hey, you know the Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, fucking uh, right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, SwearNet is like their own streaming um, platform that they kind of make their shows on now. They still have seasons of their own, but they have their own internet channels and shit now. And it's just Ricky and Julian and Bubbles and the boys just, they do like in prison and all sorts of shit. But yeah, legendary, man. Trailer Park I, on the show. I, so Bubbles, Bubbles is not wearing his glasses and stuff in it, though. They're actually a little more sophisticated, the three of them. Oh, um, and that possible. at the end of the show, they sit across from their themselves from the trailer park boys and negotiate a deal. That uh, that was one of the highlights of the show, <laughs> for, and it's pretty funny. For the record, for the record, I, I didn't really get into trailer park. I mean, I watched it and everything, but I have been fucked up drunk in Bubbles Bar in Halifax. I will nah, tell you Mike that. Smith. Yeah, yeah, Mike Smith. Yeah. yeah, I remember. You know what? Here, here's a good story about that. That was back. <laughs> back in the day like we were yep. halifax and charlottetown right back to back weekends out there you bet anyway um that was in the fall 
and it must have been one of our last events because uh, um, I just remember in spring looking for my straw cowboy hat and I could not find it, couldn't find it anywhere. And I'm kind of getting, you know, I couldn't even blame it on my kids at that point because they're just little Jackson might have been two, three, maybe at the time. And I am having hell. I'm looking and my house isn't that big, our old house at the time. And I, I just can't find it. And it's just like, I don't, you don't wear it in the winter. Where could it have went? And I happen to be talking to Austin Beasley. And, I'm, yeah. and he's like, what are you up to? I'm like, I'm looking for my straw hat. He goes, well, it's on probably on the Atlantic Ocean. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, don't you remember? You sold it to that fisherman for 200 bucks. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> But that was in Bubbles Mansion. We had oh, a time, a time. Oh. And I said, did I really get 200 bucks for it? He goes, yeah, he give you two $100 bills for it. And then we spent it on shots. Awesome. <laughs> Always selling something. I was going to, I thought you might've got it hat stomped. We usually straw hats. No, straw no hats. I haven't been a victim of that. I punch. I just, no, I like my hat and how it's shaped. I would, I just start throwing punches. <laughs> But for the but for the record, Halifax was like top five places I've been to. That was a fun time. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, I agree. Is there any more to elaborate on that, Scott, or just just it? Well, no. you can ask Reagan if she got any special uh, bracelets in Halifax outside of a bar one time. And technically, if it wasn't for Scott Schiffner, she might have spent the night in the Crowbar Hotel. But <laughs> <laughs> we will we'll just leave it there we'll just leave it there <laughs> uh, have you ever went have you ever been uh cuffed and stuffed you ever had the fucking drunk tank yeah tyler thompson's wedding i tried to hail a cab through the tim horton's window and apparently they didn't like that <laughs> and and it was in okotoks and and the funny part was i i was just trying to do the responsible thing it was actually me and jesse it was it was a wild night and I knocked on the window and the girl opened the window. I said, Hey, could you uh, call me a cab or give me the number number to a cab? And she shut the window. She goes, yeah, she shuts the window. And the cop shop is right across the street in Oak It was like a SWAT team dropped out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I mean, light sirens, whatever. I, I, they throw me on the hood of the car and cuff me. I think they thought I was going to rob the Tim Hortons. And <laughs> I tried to be funny because they threw me in the car, literally put it in drive drove 200 feet, put it in park and pulled me out the back. And I said to the cop, you know, I could have saved you some taxpayers fuel money and just walked across the street. <laughs> I thought it was funny. He did not. He didn't so, like that. So he spent the no. night. Yeah. Ah, spent the night. Yeah. That's the only time though. Thank God. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> so what went on this weekend? We had a little bit of a, a different episode last week with uh, with uh, Brandon Tomei and the Canadian Pro Rodeo Sports Medicine team talking about uh, uh, rodeo camp that's coming up. But we kind of missed a full week of uh, updates on what's been going on with everybody. So, Scott, maybe we'll start with you. What you got? What do you have on the go? Oh man, just, uh, you know, spring's coming, just trying to get ready for, I know it sounds crazy, but hand season and, uh, actually we're selling clothes again. I got a, another run of clothes here to get out the door and, uh, kids are getting excited for high school rodeo. We're hoping that's going to fly this spring starting beginning of May, but once again, the old C word and it's going to wreak oh. havoc with us again, but, uh, yeah, just been busy. It's, uh, it's uh it's exciting it's a, a busy time of year around here yeah that's good that uh c word that you're talking about seems to be fucking with 
my uh, NFP events as well. They just announced in Saskatchewan that until May 10th, uh, we're going to be 10 people maximum outside. So kind of cuts me short for my May 28th, 29th event, but we'll see. Maybe it'll open up after that, or we'll see what goes on here with the May long weekend and all that sort of shit. But well, still pushing forward, still going to roll. See what goes on. We can get, you think we get $2,500 a ticket? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll fucking sell her out. There might, there's probably people at this point that would fucking do that, that are on the same page as us, that are just ready to fucking go. Yeah, you know what? Enough's enough. This is this is horse shit. You know what? If you're scared of the shit, stay home. You know, yeah. plain and simple. Yeah. If you want to come out and drink a beer at Tanner Burns' place and watch some bulls buck and have a good time, then come on down. We'll be ready. Well, I'll tell you what. If you were one of the people hoarding toilet paper, you're one of the people falling for all the bullshit that's going on now. They they just warmed us up with the toilet paper story. Yeah. Now they're really sticking it to us. Yeah. yeah. If you want to drink the Kool Aid, I guess you're gonna run like the kool-aid guy so yeah and definitely there's you know there's that's the thing there's the fucking the dangers of it and as we've talked earlier it's if if you are you know you have a immune system that that is vulnerable and you can't handle it uh, we're not against you fucking that's fine stay home you know and if if you don't agree with people going and doing stuff that's fine then then don't agree with it you know the people that i think if you want to go and do it you want to to live your life and not worry about that sort of stuff and if something happens to you you're on your own mm-hmm. let let the rest of the world uh let the rest of the world go at it you know and, and if if yeah. you're in that state or you feel that way then that's fine stay home nobody's gonna judge you for staying home or wearing a mask or doing any of it but it's crazy times we got to make sure that that people that are that can't stay at home and work from home can still make a living there's people dying on the other end of it, not because of, of COVID, but dying because of, of what's happening in the world right now. We've got to get to it. Yeah. No, I, I seconded LT. I second that. Jason, Financial- what about you? What have you been doing? What's your what's your last couple of weeks been, when been about? Uh, I've been watching lots of hockey. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Probably a couple games a day. Why are you laughing at me, Scott? Well, I know you watch a lot of hockey. Period. I knew that's what you were going to say. Well, that's I what, am. I'm. I'm actually. I'm not laughing you, at you. I'm laughing with you. Well, because your guys are working so hard in your schedules. Now I'm trying to balance two things: do the pod and watch this game, which is uh, it's not easy to do. You know, I can't multitask like that. But other than hockey, um, spent some time on the phone with some of our PBR venues last week. Um, you know putting plan B together, um, which might be one venue for 10 performances. Um, and we've narrowed it down to two, um, right now, but fortunately with our scheduling, we don't have to make that decision here for a little while. So we'll just see what back to that point. It's already getting back to yeah, fucking yeah. yeah, It's going to two weeks flat in the curve, fellas. That was 13 months ago. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I got to commend you, you and the team, your team on that uh, planning or having the fortitude enough to look ahead and say, okay, let's push these all back to September. Cause that, you know, that bought you more time. And I mean, if we got to go into the bubble for 10, great. Right. At least we can, at least we can do yeah. it. Well, we didn't want to go through what we did last year. Like we rescheduled yeah. everything out into May, June, and then had to reschedule like, that wasn't fun. It just, it's, it's, it's a lot of man hours. Um, 
and everybody was trying to do it. And I, when I talk about everybody, I'm talking about promoters from country music promoters to rock and roll promoters, uh, you know, any live event stuff, but there's only so many dates and so many weekends in a calendar year. So um, it's pretty interesting right now. I've had some conversations here with the billing manager here in Saskatoon, Scott Ford, also with Kim Gallucci and Lethbridge. And uh, there's, there's not too much going on. Not, uh, they're looking at rescheduling for 2022 now. Jeez. Oh shit. That's what I was going to ask you. What's Scott Ford and, and yeah, those buildings. Well, they put the, we're going to put Saskatoon on sale here. Um, I'm not going to give too much away or Casey will string me up. Um, but we're going to put it on sale. We're not going to advertise it except for social media and whatever platforms Sestel center has, but that's coming here in the next month. Um, the curling trials, Canadian curling trials are on sale. They would follow our event actually um, in 2021 here in November in Saskatoon. So we're going to put no fans. Wanna, Yeah, they're selling. They're selling yeah. tickets, and it and it and it went very well. Like it's selling well. They the curling classic is is selling um, every other row and staggered. So um, they are socially distanced selling tickets, um, and they're selling well. You know, curling to Saskatchewan is just like a gopher is to Saskatchewan. You can't yep. can't get rid of it. Yeah. There's more than one. There's more than one. <laughs> so about rocks have, or sorry, but that you're pushing that shit back to November, you're saying. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. So if you're a a guy like me that's banking off of, of bull riding and, and live events for a living, you might want to get a job for the fucking summer, is what you're saying. Have you ever had one of those LT? Like one, Fuck. like a real one. Speaking of my last week, Jesus Christ. Did you go to work? <laughs> Oh, I've been fucking on the fence line, boys. God damn. Yeah, but that's not really work, work. Like, it's hard work, but that's not work. <laughs> Unless you're doing it. Pardon? Who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself? Yes, I'm my own boss. I'll never do anything that I'm not my own boss. Okay, but. here, yeah. Now we're getting back to it. Yeah. She's fucking no, work, boys. She's fucking work. Yeah. That's no, just your engine, man. That's just your engine. Do what? That's just being a rancher. No, this is, yeah, but. Like, yeah, you know, we obviously, you know, fenced off the home quarters and shit, you know, and, and for ourselves. But this is this is branching out fencing, custom fencing for um, other people, highway jobs. Oh, yeah. Jobs. Yeah. All around. Nice. My boy, uh, nice. little Cadillac catnip got a fucking bought himself a pounder. So we've uh, put our put our business license to work and we've been bidding jobs and getting some shit done. So. Oh, yeah, she's boys. been uh, she's been most of the grindstone getting shit done. We've had uh, what do we do? A couple quarters here the last week, couple miles that we've uh, got through, and yeah, that'll harden you up. Just so like Rocky Balboa and Rocky Four, you're in the outdoors training. Yeah, especially me and him because me and him. But if anybody knows how how good me and Caddy get along, we're best friends, but we're kind of like brothers where we can fucking battle it out and get in a good fist fight, and then we can get back to work. And but <laughs> she's a battle every day. <laughs> so so Lo- Logan's out there pounding posts right now, and you're doing pods. You damn right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you get still that, getting paid you get that your dad, I was, I was, <laughs> come by that naturally. Yeah, I was gonna say you plant a potato, you get a potato, eh? That's right. Yes, no, we're good. It's just the 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 two of us. So we're just uh, the team, and you guys know, and anybody that's fenced, you know how uh, 
what goes into that with two guys. So she's been she's been full steam ahead, seven to seven. So those hats sure look good, fellas. I don't I haven't I've been looking in the mailbox every day. No, you get yours here one day. I just been uh chipping them out to the to the to the pan customers. Uh, pan customers here. Yeah, yeah. That one looks nice. Good. Got this one too, boys, for you YouTube folks. Check this nice. out. This is fresh, fresh. This isn't even on the market yet. Well, paint hasn't even dried on that sucker yet. No, this sucker's fresh. So there's a few of those, uh few that's a mug for those that are uh not on YouTube, but it's a mug with uh with our NFP logo on them, and we got some hoodies and we got some t-shirts and can our, can stuff our coming listeners on. order yet, or we don't have that no yeah, no, those are these are still still fresh. We're just making sure everything looks good before we put them uh where are we going with that on market. the 3D bull riding website? Is that where everybody's going to find that? Yeah, yeah, we'll line it out once we once we get everything lined out. We'll link it to the 3D bull riding website, and we should probably talk about that too, Jason. You haven't really brought that up very much. That we redid the whole 3D bull riding website and got all our guys on there and a whole yeah, kick well, bang there. I'm not really one to gloat and brag. That's your job, buddy. You're the new LT. Jesus, you're supposed to be talking up our tremendous lineup of athletes. All yeah. the world buckles on that page. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, three D bullride.com. Totally. Canadian buckles as well. Oh, all all the best, man. All the best. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you guys see the uh the bull riding last weekend? Anybody tune in? I did see some highlights on, on social media and stuff, so I'm kind of in tune with what happened. But yes, Jason, yes, yes. Whoopa. Yes. Who picks the yeah. rolled it again. I think he had a 47 or 47 yes. point out. And uh he had Keyshawn in on him. He's a right-handed guy and he got dusted right away. So I think if you get dusted around the corner on that bull, he looks fucking salty. But once you get around there and get to fucking styling and riding, he's gonna ride pretty good. So but yeah, yeah. Well, you gotta get around uh, there first now on my no, bull now. and even once you get around there, he still has every aspect of the the point systems that they judge on mm-hmm. he has it all you know yeah he's yeah he keeps so, it up like he's doing right now he's untouchable he's like a bruiser I, from those years that he won all those world titles you're not gonna you're not gonna touch right. him if he keeps that up right i was gonna say barring any injury or anything do you think he's just gonna run away with it the way things are going yeah and uh pro bull stats had a tweet the other day talking about it that same thing if the his lowest scored out or lowest uh, uh marking was a 45 or a 45 and a half and that right. was in the snowstorm in fucking uh del rio when it was super cold so yeah he's right. probably gonna it's, it's it's i pick him bro front runner. that's how i pick him <laughs> joel ricardo vieta though takes the win oh no, not on my bull i didn't no not on my bull i didn't <laughs> okay okay How's your bull rider doing there, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> He's just still warming up, boys. You just wait. You just wait. What do we think? I like that kid. Timelines on Dalen when he's coming back or anything like that? I haven't heard you know of what? I've I been... talked to uh, I talked to Sylvan, my brother from another mother there from St. T. Quebec, and uh, Zach Bourgeois is headed there. His son is headed, uh, one of our up-and-coming PBR riders, is heading down to Dalen's next week, and I didn't even ask uh, – I didn't even ask Sylvan if he knew when he was coming back. Um, yeah, he's supposed to. Uh, you know, you get to used. Back, yeah, we used to see Dalen every week up here. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. He, it was nothing for Dalen to fly from New York to 
to Saskatoon and drive to North Battleford, Saskatchewan to win first, you know, no. and all of our uh, monster energy events he was at, but uh, I haven't, I haven't communicated with him too much in the last couple months, actually. So maybe reach well, out. Maybe he's past it. He's, he's going to come back. He's going to realize that he can't fucking rodeo and bull ride and go to 6,000 events now that he's 25 years old. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it only took one, year, one one and a half years to to catch up to him, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, we'll be looking for him to get back, Scott, at some point, hopefully. Jesus, because you're fucking so. falling way behind. Yeah, like, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, my boy, that I sh- fuck. We can go back to the first episode that we talked about this, but Kaike Pacheco. Remember, I was talking about him. Should have took him. Jesus, see the show he put on last weekend, rides. Um, yeah. Was he a 94? 94. You get a 94? Yeah, 94 points on Chiseled. And I mean, stomped him. Did you see it? Stomped his heart out. I, I, I did. And I talked to Casey today. That 15 15 was pretty good, huh? Oh, um, yeah. It was unreal. Boys said it was is it the only road, uh, they only rode four bulls, five bulls maybe in the long round. Yeah. So they needed that, you know? There's nothing yeah. worse than nobody staying on at a bull ride. Like yes, really suck the life right out of a crowd, you know. Flint can only break dance and do the Michael Jackson so many times <laughs> to keep the crowd entertained, you know. And now did <clears throat> did did Lockwood get hurt? He didn't get on. Oh yeah. Was that fuck. last weekend? Yeah, wiped him out a bit. He it was a classic round too, and that that fucking so when you see the five rides in the first round, and people are always talking about that. There's only this many rides, and then you watch the fifteen fifteen. They smash out nineties. They know those fifteen fifteen bulls, right? When you're going into it, you know what you're fucking getting at. And everybody, those top fifteen guys are more thinking about those fifteen fifteen bulls, and they're thinking about the three or four year old calves that they're getting on that round. And I don't know what it is. There's just something about classic rounds that fuck with guys. Uh, same yeah. as when I was going, and it was always just you stayed the on the ground. You were you were fucking good to go for the weekend because nobody was staying on in those classic grounds. There's just some about right. the calves. You don't. Some of them run off. Some of them have fucking different trips. It's just it, whatever it is. It, it's something in the back of the minds. But there's never never a lot of rides in those classic grounds. Right. And is it? It is probably just the unknown. You don't know, right? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Just new ones and. And I mean, you'll fucking have bulls in there that in two years are going to be in the, or next year or this year could be in the running for bull of the world. You know, you'll have mm-hmm. bulls like Whoopa or riding solo that are in the long rounds, but you don't know what they are because they're just entered in the classic round, but they're full fledged 94, you know, 93, 94 pointers. So it's like, oh, why'd you get yeah. bucked off that one? It's like, well, wait two years and you see where this goes. <laughs> oh. You know, but yeah, Lockwood got on. Uh, I don't even know what the bull's name was, but he bucked. I think he he might have won the classic too, but just just didn't have a good day. He just didn't ride very good. He just got his uh, you know, just got sat back a little bit, and not the Jess Lockwood that we're all used to seeing. And uh, yeah, I ended up underneath him and fucking bull stepped on his stepped on his leg on his femur, like should have been. You know, it was a deep thigh bruise that got him, but fuck yeah. Could have snapped that. Could have snapped that femur. Oh, like with it. Yeah, I go back to our conversation. I wonder, um, you think maybe, I hate to say it, but do you think maybe he's checked out if he's already talking about retiring? That's a thing from our, from our conversation with him. There is that, that side of it, that it not necessarily checked out 
from it, but where you're just not, you just don't a hundred percent all in. Yeah. When you, when you're talking like that, that you're already thinking about, yeah, you want to win another world title, but you don't want to fucking be there anymore. Really? Like that's going to play with well, you. You went through it. I remember I was, I was uh, just going to say that Quebec city. I think it was mm-hmm. Quebec. You're back in your hotel room before the bull run was even over, weren't Fuck you? Fuck yeah, yeah. You couldn't even. And were you entered? Were you entered twice? Yeah, skip the intros and skip the outros, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jason, you're exactly right. And Tanner, you know, the the writing was on the wall without saying anything. I think we could see it in you, and I think I think same thing with you know Jess a little bit. You just what what goes back to Cowboy Cerrone? It's hard to be hungry, kind of when you're full. In that right. sense of it, for him, yeah. yeah. Um, but we'll but see what happens. Thing, the best thing with him, though, is 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 he can look at a guy like Cooper, who was the exact mm-hmm. same way. And we talked about it in Cooper Davis's podcast, where he was fucking done. I'm telling you, I was right beside him in the locker room, and we were both just nah, we're we're out. Fuck it. And now you see Cooper rejuvenated, wanting to win a world mm-hmm. title. So the the best thing about a mind is that it can change. You know, you can change yeah. your mindset yeah. within a weekend. So I think Jess is kind of Michael on that Jordan track did it where he's twice, like, fuck he? everybody, fuck everything. I'm just, yeah. you know, I don't really care anymore. And then he's going to get to a point where he's going to say, I fucking, fuck it. I want to win and I'm going to go and kill it. And he'll be untouchable again. Like Jess could win eight more world titles. You know, sure. Donnie Gay is the eight-time world champion. Jess could win fucking, what's he, a two-time world champion already. He could win. He's 23 years old. You know, McBride didn't win a world championship till he's 26. Lockwood could be an eight-time PBR world champion. champion, That good. Yeah. And I think that he's in a lull right now where he's talking about, you know, fuck this and and whatever, fuck that, and I don't care anymore. He's gonna hit a he's gonna hit a side post where he's gonna say, I do care and I do want to go in. And he's gonna you'll see him. And, and here, here's the thing too, is, is I know Jess had some injury early on in his career, but in the last year and a half or so, or two years, I guess, year and a half, he's really had to deal with some serious stuff, right? More injury than before, more consistently injured. And, you know, sometimes that mentally plays on you too, as well. Oh yeah. hundred percent. A lot of shit, a lot of shit. And that's the thing that you don't see about guys is you, you is you see they're in the arena stuff and you don't see outside mm-hmm. the arena. You don't see what's going on, you know, family-wise or kid-wise or all the extra stuff that goes on. You you don't see that stuff. And that shit plays, plays on you every day, especially in a professional sport. You see football players and hockey players go into hotel rooms and, you know, pretty much quarantine themselves when big games are on just to focus on that game, you know? So there's, there's a lot of different stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you don't get to see on TV. And you just say, well, he should have rode that one or shit on that. But I promise you Lockwood, I I think in my opinion, he'll do the, the Cooper Davis and those guys will both get back on, on each other's side, start feeding off each other and start wanting to just fucking show who they are and go kick some ass again, you know? Yeah, exactly. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. And then uh, Joao Ricardo Vieira. Yeah. Old boy takes another win. Holy shit. He just the turned. old boy. Yeah. I wonder, like, it's crazy to think of, of PBR without Joao anymore. You know, he's, he's the smiling assassin. He's got his just where still wears that cowboy hat and just rides everything they put under him. 
94 pointers, 92 pointers. It doesn't matter. 81 pointers. They all told us that he couldn't ride. He's 37 or 38. Jesus. Can't ride away from his hand. He'll ride him away from his hand. And they all talk shit about that. That that's why he's never won a world title. Well, he's fucking won top five the last 10 years or some fucking thing. He's like the guy's living. Yeah, he's one of the best that there's ever been and just shows it again this weekend. Yeah, so we'll see where where that one goes. Oh, I was just going to say, if you want something that'll revive an old ex-bullfighter's mojo, Braden's, my son, my oldest boy, Braden's got his first paid gig this weekend. So he's going through my rigging bag. I haven't seen that thing for like six, seven years. And, And I know the people at home can't see this unless they go on YouTube. But Jason, you'll get a kick out of this. He pulls this T-shirt out of the rigging bag, and, and for for everybody that, that can't see it, it, it's a it's a dirty Sanchez um, T-shirt that I wore fighting bulls. And for anybody that doesn't know that bull, he was one scary motherfucker. Oh, he's uh, meaner than shit. And then uh, we talked about him in Jesse's podcast, the, the yes, yeah. podcast. My, my brother-in-law Dean and uh, his buddy Jory Klinger, Scorpion Oilfield, um, who was the title sponsor at that um, the Bradford yeah. Memorial for the for the entirety. That's where that's where they bought Dirty Sanchez, and uh, they had they got to name him. So you guys can, everybody <laughs> listeners can use your imagination what kind of guys Jory and Dean are. But yeah. the best part yeah. of that was listening to Dave Paulson promote Dirty Sanchez because that bull was probably one of the most famous bovine athletes in in Canada that season. Like Fuck, yeah. everybody yeah. knew who he was. Oh, we yeah. had hats and t-shirts and yeah. yeah, he was, he was, there was something not right with him. Like no, he well. Just, well, he was big, and, and when they bucked him under a different name, he would go out there, not one or two. He'd go out there five or six and get to whirling, and every time he'd come around, he was just, come on, who's coming out to get one of these yeah. guys, you know? Hey, my one of my favorite – I don't know if we told this in Jesse's pod. We had we had a bullfight. Um, we were promoting the professional Canadian bull riders finals in Lloydminster, and we had a bullfight, and Trooper Whitney – um, from <laughs> Calgary, around Calgary, there was came to the bullfight, and he drew old Dirty Sanchez. Well, old Dirty Sanchez had a day; he did have a day. He was even meaner inside, I think, because of the dart. Like he really thought he was, you know, confined. Oh tracks. yeah, he he yeah. was even scarier inside. And Trooper gets up from his ass hooking and mauling, and all he's got on is the sweatband from his cowboy hat. There's no cowboy hat on his head, just the sweatband. Did it rip his shoulder out, too, or break his arm or something? Oh, yeah, hurt him. Hurt him. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a video of it in Lloyd, too. Yeah, same thing. That thing just fucking punted him, and he bounced off the two Ws, and this fuck, he went to just like, fuck it, and he went to throw his shoulders in the air and just, oh. <laughs> I will I will never forget the look on that guy's face when he brought his head up and all there was was that sweat <laughs> sweat around his head. Oh, I remember have trying to motivate guys to get in the bullfights. We had well there was him and then remember Scories had Pee-wee, the bull oh, yeah. Lane's pain and, then Rod, and Rod. Yeah, well yeah. we fought that bull for a while. Oh. And uh, big, it was uh, Lashburn big actually at the Brad Phipps Memorial. Some I forget who had him. Um, I don't remember the kid really. He, he he. I remember him calling, wanting to get in some bullfights, and so I 
I was Lyle Liddell. Remember Lyle? Yeah. Heavy. I, maybe that's who it was. It was. was he kind of a, was he from Moyen area around there uh, somewhere? I don't know where Lyle was from. He's friends with like Bear Light Brown and Keenan. And yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, old Pee Wee tossed him right, right over the panels. Never mm-hmm. even touched one. Well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll add to that story when he, when you introduced him, like the freestyle bullfighters, when he came out, cause he was pretty heavy at that time. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a My fucking what? fitness dude now he's all stacked up, but at the time he was fucking not in the freestyle bullfighting shape by any- no, not at all. My wife Reagan was sitting in the stands and I, I mean, I was fighting the bull riding. So I was just kind of there as the pick bulls off guy kind of yeah. guy. She comes up and tugs on my shirt and she goes, is this a fucking joke? Like, is this guy in the bullfight? <laughs> I'm like, yep. And it wasn't even, what, a minute and a half later, they pitched him into the second row of the bleachers right over that fucking eight-foot panel. It was, yeah, wow. Fuck. It was crazy. I miss those bullfights. Yeah. Oh, so you know what I would have to do to get into those bullfights? Drink me <laughs> a bunch of, hey, y'all, <laughs> southern iced teas. <laughs> All pack. Nice probably- segue. <laughs> hey y'all southern iced teas our tea is always served iced and hard this vodka based iced tea is brewed with genuine black tea and lightly sweetened enjoy a hey y'all southern iced tea while taking in the, the main bull riding or bullfighting event or sipping a cold one on the porch hey y'all southern iced teas the official refreshment beverage of the nfp podcast and if you were gonna fucking nod for those big half-breed fucking Bucking bulls slash Mexican fighting bulls cutting off motherfuckers. I'd have been shit faced for it all. I guarantee you that. <laughs> Tell me how uh, you really would have done it. <laughs> got a good buzz on and said, "Let's go." <laughs> yeah, I hope this doesn't hurt as bad as I think it's gonna. <laughs> yeah, so shit. You know, like we said with Jesse's with uh, his podcast, it kind of that's the only way that. You can make your name same as you, Jason. Right when you were when you yeah, were entering those 100%. types of bullfights, you yeah. weren't getting hired, so you could enter those things and maybe win some money at them. But yeah, I had it fight. twice as bad though. I, one, I had to fight Mexicans, and two, I had to try and press your dad. It sucked. <laughs> it was hell. Jesse did too. He had to fight the fucking old bucking bulls, and same as dad. Like I think, as much as they we talk about the Mexicans and, and like how hot they are. Would you guys rather fight those fucking Mexicans or would you rather fight those? Yeah, big I did. I wanted to. Breeds? No, Mexicans. Fucking right. Yeah. Every well, time. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Every we time. watched. We watched. I think it was. I think it was called the American Bullfighter uh, at Prescott's there a couple weeks ago. And uh, God damn, you know those big fucking brindle wide horn. Fuck yeah! They were two thousand fucking pounders. Yeah, and you know what? They were fucking smart. They weren't coming like the Mexicans will get smart when you fight them a few times. Yeah, yeah. But they still still come. They still come when they got their head down. Two thousand pounds. Yeah, Yeah. and they still carry their heads pretty low to the ground, and they come to fight. Those crossbreds, they just want to like body check you, like Luke's chin, and lay you and run the length of you. Fucking I'll give man. it credit where credit is due. Back in the day, them guys watching that there the other day, no vest, no nothing, which we just think is totally out of this world nowadays. But, man, they had a set of nuts on them to go out there and then try and jump those big bastards too. And, and, a, bottle some, of, and a bottle of whiskey, some of them. 
Yeah, and a lot of uh, how many? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go fast, Oklahoma. I wouldn't be fucking right. I, kudos to him. Fuck, I wouldn't be nodding for them motherfuckers. Either. You know, uh, in '99 when I was working for Harper <laughs> at those rodeos, the the Wrangler Bull fights were done. In fact, um, Mr. Harper hired me for those rodeos to go to the bull fights, and then Wrangler uh, quit sponsoring and 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 didn't have them, so. He let me come to th- three of the six I was supposed to go to. Um, and there was a bull named Hillbilly. That bull uh, broke Mike Matt's ankle real bad and broke Rob Smet's neck. Mm-hmm. We had to fight that bull. We had Memphis with seven perfs. He, we nodded for that bull four times just for sell. That nice. was our finish the perf. Yeah, well, it was great. Yeah, awesome. But, you know, you got to, at least you had a, you know, Travis Adams I was working with who was a great, he was good, real good guy. And, but that bull wouldn't come to the barrel, so you couldn't fake it for thirty yeah, seconds. That's the best when they the come to the barrel, at least. Yeah, now, you got it. We had to go run around that prick, and it was. They used to fun. do that to you guys, though, right? Like they would sell fucking all the shows as a bullfighter. Like you were hired to fight the bull, but you were hired to sometimes clown, then fucking yeah. ropes, then fucking sell the show at the end, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's what I was just gonna say, Jason, and you can agree or disagree on this, but. I personally don't give a fuck who you are. When you knew you had to like finish one at the end. Yeah. You're thinking you're... about it the whole time. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You were. Yeah, yeah. I put an end to that. Actually. That's another podcast in itself. I uh, think I know where it happened and who it happened with too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give us a no. teaser and then we'll get into it at one point. Well, he no longer works for the Calgary stampede. Um, <laughs> and I did not fight a bull. <laughs> so I guess it worked out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On another note, boys, NFP podcast bump, Justin Falesco. He gets back to work this weekend. PBR hired him back up. Seen He's that. in Oklahoma They City. heard us. Fuck they heard us. us. NFP bump. They listened. Yes. So yes. good to see. Fuck. All it's so good we're getting some traction like that. It's Damn so right. good we're getting some traction like that. Damn right. Yeah. Just sat on Twitter and watched Falesco's tweets and got all the updates on all the uh, the whole event. It was so great. It's good to see yeah, him back. But, uh, it's it it is it and and that's how I used to find out how everything's going on. I just tune into Justin, and it's amazing. Like if you have a player playing in a Canadian market or an original six, like a Ranger, Boston, Brune, or something like that, they can't they can't do they can't sneeze without you knowing about it on Twitter. Yep. Well, you got a guy in Florida or Arizona, like I do not. You, like you can't find anything out because nobody tweets, nobody cares. It's it's yeah. a whole different world. Different no, you markets. can't get anything out of like in Arizona or Florida. It's just it's it's different. New Jersey a little bit. They've got a couple bloggers or t- guys that tweet all the time. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think every sport should have that. We've made sure we do that with PBR. You know, with Facebook and twitter and whatnot uh you know we we want to have that stuff going live for social it's important people pay attention to it oh yep. sure she's worldwide she's worldwide yep. jason maybe you can get into this a little bit better than uh me and scott can our guests today which is super fucking exciting these guys are legendary in their sports stanley cup champions Saskatchewan down home boys. You heard Ryan Whitney talk about Saskatchewan boys after Patrick Marlowe passes Gordie Howe in the most games played. You hear about Saskatchewan guys all through the world, just their hockey sense. And I feel like we got two of 
Saskatchewan's best to ever fucking do it right from Saskatoon. You're friends with them on the show. Our guests coming up here. You can maybe elaborate on it a little bit more, but Braden Luke Shen. Yeah, you bet. Well, just come right across the street from me. Um, neighbors actually, uh, you know, and Braden's talk about Patrick Marlowe's big milestone. Braden just played his 700th, but and him and Luke together about 1450 games. Um, which How old's Braden you know, too? That's, that's pretty. Pardon me. How old's Braden? Braden is uh, he's a 91. What's that make him? 29? 29, yeah. I think he's a 91. He's yeah. 30 this year. Yeah. Well, he could have he could have the thousand game. He could yeah, oh, he yeah. Could play. He's yeah. been in the league eight since 18 or since no, no. He actually came back here. He played his last year of junior at the trade deadline um with the as a 19-year-old here with Saskatoon Blades. And then went uh, he was drafted by LA um and then got traded to uh to Philly that's where him and Luke played together which you know uh, we'll make sure we touch on but yeah a couple of great Sasky boys uh, um, you know whenever Braden's home we always get together either for a, maybe a fishing trip but definitely for some for, for some cocktails on Thode Avenue and some some good bullshit stories and uh and whatnot but yeah real good down-to-earth family um we've known Jeff and, and Rita their mom and dad for Oh shit! As long as we've been here, a dozen years or so, and and Luke and Braden's sisters pretty much raised the boys when we're not around, when we could travel. So we've gotten pretty close, and uh, you can tell that uh, the you know the apple don't fall too far from the tree. They've been raised right, and uh, you know they go to work. They got work ethic. Just okay. like uh, you know, playoff Braden Shen is is a an elite hockey player you know it's uh he's a throwback and when you talk about his older brother luke um fifth round or fifth overall pick to the to the maple leaf both of them fifth overall picks a year apart stanley not cup bad. champions a year is that apart. good pretty special that a good thing yeah. <laughs> that good? Oh, yeah not bad but no. you know what you uh. talk about about you know uh answering the bell um that's what that's what luke shen does he holds he holds other teams accountable when he's on the ice um and that's what i admire about him a good 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 family uh really really good friends uh, of ours and uh you know always rooting for him for sure and uh you know had the pleasure of having stanley cup party with Braden pre-covid and was fortunate enough to have the invite and had a blast ate some Ming shrimp out of the Stanley cup. I told him we were going to do that if he wanted. So <laughs> I, we ordered up 80 shrimp and dumped them in the Stanley cup and had a little happy before we headed out to the cross. So you talked about, you talked about Jeff and Rita and they are salt of the earth people. I was for, I've been fortunate enough to hang out with them several times at your place and stuff, but has Jeff ever, you know, over a beer or <clears throat> 10 with you, has he ever said what it was, what it's like for a dad to have, Two. My boys are fucking legends. Is yeah, like superstar fucking... athletes yeah. at the top of the, you know, the highest level you can be. Has he ever kind of said that to you that he wouldn't say to his kids or anybody else? Well, it wouldn't be 10 beer. It would be 10 spiced rums or 10 right. babies. Correct me. But, Correct me. Uh, <laughs> no, no. You know, we talked. I brought it up, you know. Um, but no. I know he's a humble. He's a humble yeah, man. Yeah, very, very. Um, you know, I think. Jeff played a huge role, you know, coach those boys never pushed them to be 
um, Jeff, you know what Jeff and I talk about is how ridiculous the parents are today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeff, actually the best story, the best Jeff Shen hockey story I have is, uh, he had a mom trying to get him fired as the Bantam coach. Cause they weren't practicing enough. Oh, yeah. A mom thought they should be on the ice more. And I think that I'd have to ask Jeff again, but I think that's the year they won every single game they played. Well, <laughs> did Jeff have any hockey, um, background yeah yeah he played here in saskatoon he actually played with uh a couple of my uncles brad brooks scott you know brad and yeah and yeah. uh so i actually watched jeff quite a bit when when i was a kid and he, he wasn't scared to throw down either so he'll probably gonna listen to this so i can't brag him up too much but yes. yeah yeah he uh jeff's a real smart hockey guy he understands understands the game i uh you know, I, I talked to him about a lot of, um, a lot of stuff going on. Um, Madison, her boyfriend, Lane Peterson is one of my clients and he's played six games now with, uh, yeah, with Arizona. Good. So he's mm-hmm. been doing good. And, and, you know, I know I've been over and, and following a game, Braden or Luke, both call, nine times out of 10, usually call and have a visit with Jeff and go over some stuff. So that's pretty cool that you got yeah. that relationship with your kids. And yeah. And Jeff, Je- Je- sorry. And Jeff, he's like a 30 year veteran of the Saskatoon fire department. Correct. He sure is retiring here next month. So uh, next trip to Alberta, I'm just going to buy a case of uh, Gibson's <laughs> and a case of spiced or captain Morgan's because <laughs> Yeah, if this COVID keeps up, we're gonna have a lot of time on our hands. We don't have I, I, to drink. We don't have to drink and drive here on Thode. <clears throat> we just <laughs> hang out, right? drink and walk. I remember I got cut open pretty good at the PBR Canada Finals in Saskatoon one year, and of course we ended up in your place afterwards. And he just, you know, he's that type of guy. He looks at, it, he goes, "Oh, oh, geez, just hang on." He got some band aids out and some scissors and tape, and he had me all. I was good to go. Shit, I didn't need to go anywhere. I just had to find Jeff. He had me fixed up. So, yeah, you know what? Guy. He, uh, if as long as they're not away watching the boys, they usually take in every event here and they've, uh, they've been, I believe they came out to Langham when we did the Curtis Lecition out there, mm-hmm. uh, the Kelowna event. So, same with Luke and Brady. I that one once. <laughs> the Langham one? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Curtis Lecition got a buckle with his name on it. You got a few 3D buckles back there, I noticed when I was at your place last. You're welcome. You're welcome there. <laughs> You're fucking welcome. You're fucking welcome. I can't. Yeah, you would. You would. Fuck. You're welcome. You're welcome. You didn't, I just give that to you. You're good. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I'm That's just talking it. about the buckles. I didn't need to buy a buckle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Darn it. Fuck. Awesome. Uh, what's the mom's name? Rita, 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 Rita should probably do the same thing that I told Chad Best Plug's parents and uh, Joe Best Plug's parents to do. Let's freeze your semen because maybe down the line, sometime <laughs> in some place, you breed fucking champions, God damn it. And maybe that's what the world's turning into nowadays. Yeah. Uh, Neil yeah. and Ginger bred to uh, two Calgary Stampede champions and, and Jeff and Rita have. have uh, raised and two raised. stanley cup champions two stanley yeah. cup champions two fifth round picks so that's probably something to overall to put yeah. that in the vault and hold on to it because <laughs> yeah <crazy. laughs> uh before we get to the interview with them flowers are blooming the grass is growing 
it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your hole safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use the code NFP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the offer. Two million men who trust Manscaped, they are here to make sure you are trimmed and spelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Did you guys get your weed whackers? Yeah, sure did. I got yeah. mine too. It's good. And some cologne. It? You got, got cologne too? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so good. did I. My yeah. wife was using the my wife was using the foot the foot deodorant and she was spraying yeah. it on me because it smelled so good. And then we got the <laughs> so now well that, that that might be a sign that you should have a shower, Tanner. Are you are you like are you like are you, <laughs> are you like Scott? Like I talked to Reagan the other night and, and uh, I missed Scott's call. Believe it or not, I was watching a hockey game. So like, <laughs> there's like six minutes left, so I call back when the game is over. And actually, that's a lie. I was watching Walker. I was watching Yellowstone. And uh, you've been into that? Like, oh yeah. Oh, oh, and I'm gonna. If you ever let me get off here, I'm gonna go watch another epi here right away. Yeah. 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 And uh, I phoned Scott's in the shower, and and I said, "Oh, well, at least he's showering this time before bed." And Ragged said. It was five days, Jason. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And she's like, no. And then he's yelling from the shower. It's not been five days. It was Sunday. And we counted it out. And I'm like, you're right. It wasn't five, Reagan. It was four. Oh, well, you, look, you know, you're not you're laughing. You can't even defend yourself. <laughs> hey, I just kind of go with the natural body oils, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Fuck, it's gross. Yeah. Don't do that. Look like Get you combed mask. your hair with a drumstick from KFC. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. But the weed whacker is legit. I'm glad you guys got it. I got mine just the other day, too, and just been smashing her down. Jason, you figured that you were older than, than them other guys that were on there. You were talking to Brandon Tomei, who fucking has the biggest nose in the world with the most hair probably growing out of it. Yeah, we're picking on him. He's not even on here. To He's like, God damn, when you had a nose like this when you're 12 years old, you had nose hair since you were fucking 10. <laughs> but I was. I was happy to get my fucking weed whacker. This nose hair and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology i fucked up proprietary twice now in two podcasts but that's okay listen to it back you'll hear which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes no more gross nose hairs flying in the wind <laughs> so um, we'll see where it goes but it's it, good. it is good stuff it's well worth the dough i'm telling you it yeah. is yeah Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20, capitalized NFP, at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's good. Boom. Mic drop. Okay. So with that, one thing we do have to talk about, Logan Beaver, Jay Gardner, uh, Wyatt Gleason, Canadian boys, fucking rolling, killing it, entering every event, going everywhere. Logan Beaver wins second. He's top 40 in the world right now. I don't know where he was at this weekend um, at those events. I don't even know if he was entered or, or where he's at, but 
He's right there on the bubble. So we could see Logan Beaver on the top tour here right away. Our, our good young Canadian guy. And that guy is turning into not just a good Canadian bull rider. Now he's turning into a good bull rider worldwide. Yeah. The guy's fucking yeah. doing it. You win second at one of those events. You get that momentum going. He's fucking showing it that anybody can fucking roll. I'm super proud of Logan Beaver. Good to see. Yeah. Jake Gardner. Right? Good to see Logan Beaver. Yeah. Me too. It is. It is. And he's a good guy too, so he deserves it. That's fucking my thoughts. Great. Yeah. yeah. Fucking great. Jay Gardner doing the same thing. Another top 10 finish. Plucking them low points out. He's getting some good rides in, and then he's not getting that consistency together. He runs that consistency together. He knows that himself. He's been talking with me back and forth. You're going to see him on tour right away. Wyatt Gleason, them boys are – it takes the go, and they're going to go, and they're doing mm-hmm. it, and they're going to get to that top tour. So keep your eyes out for all them boys uh, on that tour, and uh, super proud of them guys, and, and keep on keeping on, boys. Fucking roll it. And with that, we'll roll over to our interview with back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, Braden and Luke Shen. Our guests today are both Stanley Cup champions. Luke with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Braden with the St. Louis Blues. NHL legends going on 10-plus years now. The brother duo straight out of Saskatoon, Luke and Braden Shen. How are we doing today, guys? Doing good. Pretty good. Thanks for having us. How are we boys doing? Good. Thanks for coming on. It's going to be hard to like figure out which one of you is going to answer the question. So we're going to yeah, have to exactly. it tear it up. We'll, no, yeah. we'll just cut each other off. There you awesome. go. That's perfect. Good thing they're not in the same room. We might, we might be able to see that. Who is tougher? Yeah. I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> oh, we got that out of the way up to start. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So wait, question one, check. <laughs> so luke where are you at uh right now on your schedule we're in nashville we're actually wrapping up pretty much the long road trip uh or the um, last long road trip of the season we've had a bunch of 10 12 14 day road trips and uh this is the last last long one of the season so um started for a couple in columbus uh before this now we're in nashville and we get to go home i think for five games after this and then a couple little trips after that to finish off the season but i think we're down to 15 or 16 games left. So we're on the home stretch wrapping up here for, you know, hopefully a little playoff push. How has that been for, for you guys in this new world that we're living in with COVID and the restrictions that you guys are going to have to, or have to live by day in and day out. Has it been a tough season that way? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think the hardest thing is it's uh, there's no escape. You know, if you're, if you're having a bad game or having a rough stretch as a team, you usually go out for a few beers and, and uh, let loose and kind of get away from the game. And, and I think right now it's just, uh, you know, it's a lot of hotel time. Uh, they've kind of che- even changed the schedule. Usually you get in at around three or four o'clock in the afternoon, guys, you know, lay down, go for dinner, uh, night before the game, stuff like that. We're getting in now at like six, seven o'clock at night just because you sit there in your hotel all night and, and get up and play the next day. So um, what do we do? I think we do like if we play four games a week, we're doing like 11 COVID tests a week. We do two on game days. Um Fuck. Yeah, it's all that stuff too. So shoving it up your nose. And even if guys are vaccinated and, and have had COVID, you get a, if you have COVID, you, you get a 90 day holiday, they call it or whatever. But uh, yeah, COVID tests and sitting in the hotel room has definitely been a different year. Yeah, I, I think same thing. Like that's, that's actually my favorite part of the NHL. Like over my whole career is dinners on the road with the guys. I mean, like, yeah. it's funny. I always look back at guys I played with and 
I, I couldn't tell you 99% of the games they played or like how good they played or the plays they made, but I can tell you stories on the road or the story that they told me. And um, that to me, that's the best part of the NHL is going out for dinners on the road and kind of experiencing, you know, all the cool cities across North America. And, you know, like Braden said, now we're kind of hotel living a little bit and, you know, you're not allowed to hang out with guys and even, you know, they give us meals and sort of like in the conference room where Uber eats, but there's like two to three guys at a table max and everything's like spread across like massive conference rooms. So you can't get close to anyone and have these conversations. And that's exactly the toughest part is yeah, that, that grind. And then I think on top of that too, like the families, it's, it's tough on the families. Cause for us, like we're in Florida, Florida basically never ever did shut down with COVID besides at the start. So, yeah. you know, just due to all the protocols, like it's tough on our families too. Like our families can't leave our houses because, you know, we're directly affected by them. Right. So our team's actually been really, good as far as staying in line and i don't think anyone's necessarily worried about getting covid it's just sort of the how you're shut down after in the quarantines and you know if that runs through the team like you look at the vancouver canucks just happen to like you're you're screwed for at least a couple of weeks so that's kind of why you want to stay the course well and they're gonna they're gonna get back in the rink here uh tomorrow or the next day and then they their schedule is ridiculous moving ahead they want to finish it off eh so Wild. It's uh yeah, they're gonna be playing they're gonna have to be like old peewee tournaments two a day. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna <laughs> play say, uh, play at noon and six. Grab a ring burger in the afternoon and get yeah. into the second game, yeah. <laughs> well speaking of speaking of rink burgers and, and meals on the road, you're probably not talking about Applebee's or Ruby Tuesdays with those meals, eh, fellas? Uh let's go let's go to um you know, you see the the Super Bowl um receipts after whatever you know they run them up a hundred plus thou what what do you guys uh that you can give us that doesn't incriminate anybody what's the most uh expensive dinner you guys chow down at with the boys or maybe uh let's stay away from the cup party because we're going to touch on that later both of you guys got (laughs) cup parties so just on a nice go out for dinner what can that run a guy uh just a random dinner i mean dinner Oh, a team dinner? I mean, ro- well, rookie party. You've yeah. seen you've seen rookie parties get up to like, I mean, stupid to say, but like thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars for a dinner, guys. Are, it's <laughs> what no, it is. That, but then, but then you go to the nightclub after, so that's like double that at least. Like, I think fifteen percent of the guys net pay just gone right there. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, actually, my my rookie party. Uh, there was like that year. There was like six of us. There was me and Sean Couturier and. Matt Reed and Zach Ronaldo and a bunch of us. And, and, uh, we got set up in, in Newport beach and, uh, it was a Tuesday night and we had the team dinner or whatever. And we're not in charge of ordering anything. We're just in charge of paying the bill. Paying. <laughs> Apparently they didn't, they didn't go, do a good enough job of, of paying the bill. I think it was like between six of us. I want to say that around 12 or $14,000 for the bill. So Scott, Scott Hartnell, he wasn't happy with these. Like my rookie dinner, I paid way more than that. So next year he made us do another one and pay the tap again. (laughs) (laughs) Doubled us up. Yeah. I was going to say my rookie dinner, there were six rookies and I played in Toronto and they capped it at six grand a guy and they didn't even cover half of it. So 36 grand and didn't even cover half of our dinner. We had it in Miami, South Beach. We had a couple of days off in Florida, but one other funny story too, Brian. I think you were with us. Yeah, we were together in, in Philadelphia. So we, uh, it was New Year's Eve, and we rented out sort of a back room in Hollywood at uh, what's that sushi place called in Hollywood? Yeah. There, Katsuya. Yeah. So, anyways, 
to rent it out a New Year's Eve, a back room, like you got to obviously pay a, you know, a guaranteed price or a minimum or whatever. And we're like, oh yeah, we'll get there. No problem. So I think the guaranteed price for the night for us to rent out the room was 10 grand, like for our whole team. So we get there and, you know, typically with sushi, it's like pre-ordered. It's a sushi place. You can't really go that crazy on sushi. It's the wine bill or, you know, the steakhouse that gets you, but the wine bill. And there wasn't a crazy amount of great wines on this, you know, sushi place menu. So, yeah. So anyways, there's a bunch of guys start going to the, going to the club, like the dinner's over and the waitress comes over and she's like, Hey, just let you guys know. There's probably about seven or eight of us left. She goes, just to let you know, you guys are only at about 6,500 to about seven grand. Like you guys got to get to 10 grand. So I don't know what you want to order, but you guys got to, you know, round out this bill. So we have a look at like the drink menu and there's that Louis the 13th. Oh yeah. And it's, yeah. it's like, what is that? That cognac. And it's about $350 an ounce on the menu. Shock. Yeah. Yeah. So we're <laughs> like, well, fuck, like, let's just order one of these each and like, we'll get there. And so next thing you know, we're telling stories and yeah, yeah, we'll do another round. Yeah. We'll do another round. Not even thinking like, okay, we just got to get to 10 grand, not even really paying attention. She's not telling us, you know, what we're at. Next thing you know, like an hour and a half later, the bill comes, we're at 18 grand. (laughs) You you mind telling us this? Like, you know, we don't, we don't don't like it that much. We just think we're doing ourselves a favor to get to 10. Next thing you know, the bill's doubled in an hour. We're like, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. (laughs) <laughs> Did you guys get to the bottom of the bottle? You know, whoever buys the last shot out of those bottles is supposed to get the bottle. Um, and apparently they're worth pretty big cash because uh, it's real crystal and all that bullshit. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, probably weren't wait, thinking about that at that waitress, point. Yeah, no, <laughs> and who was going to carry it out of there, yeah, right? Yeah. Waitress yeah. transfers for the bill and then she took the bottle home too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Took it to yeah. Sarkan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one out. <laughs> So what about uh, going back to your guys's your younger days? You guys were both highly toted, drafted really high. When did when did it kind of come into play? Maybe Luke, you first of people talking about you that you probably were going to make it in the big leagues. Oh man, um, honestly, like growing up playing minor hockey in Saskatoon, I, I obviously it was always like our dream and our goal, and you know, you you like you absolutely love it, and you can't believe like growing up meeting an NHL player was like the coolest thing in the world. And then um, you're not really sure if there's ever really an, a hope or a chance of getting there. I mean, growing up in Saskatoon, like you're not really exposed to, you know, massive hockey programs like you are in Toronto or other cities, especially back in the day for us. I think, you know, we just spent a lot of time on the backyard rank and kind of getting better that way. It's totally different, you know, in, in today's, you know, minor hockey, but I think when it first kind of clicked for me is, you know, he got drafted to Kelowna Rockets and played in the WHL and played in, uh, you know, under 17s and under 18s with Team Canada. And then I think the thing that clicked with me actually was, uh, you know, guys on my team. I came in, coming in the league as a 15, 16 year old in Kelowna and guys who you play against in the league or play with are kind of in the American League next year. Like they're graduating as 19, 20 year olds. And you know, you remember going back, you're thinking, well, I had a good game against this guy. You know, he played with, say, the Vancouver Giants or Medicine Hat Tigers. And you're like, well, I held my own against him. And, man, this guy got some games in the NHL and he's 20 now. So you keep thinking if you can push and keep working, you know, knowing that you played against him a couple of years ago in the Western League and he's in the NHL. That's kind of when I started thinking, well, maybe this isn't so far away. And like I said, a lot of extra time to in the WHL that you know, practice after practice, working on different things. I, you know, that was my, always my goal. I actually, I remember um, telling my mom and dad when I first got drafted to Kelowna, we went to, uh, 
you know, the rookie camp as a 14 year old, I remember telling them that I'm going to stay in this place. I'm going to make the NHL and build a house on the lake here. That's my goal. And I always remember the kind of having that in the back of my mind after practice is this is what I'm working for. And, yeah. you know, you get closer and closer and then finally it becomes reality. But uh, I don't think there's ever one moment. It's just kind of over time, you, you kind of figure it out and keep pushing. Yeah. I can echo the comments on the house on the lake. I've been in Luke's house on the lake. It's yeah, it's pretty mint. Sure. <laughs> as, as Luke yeah, would yeah. say, it's national league for sure. <laughs> Braden, same as you kind of the same process or Yeah. I mean, I think mine was, uh, you know, similar, but at the same time, a little bit different. I think for me, um, you know, Luke was always a year, year and a half, two years, whatever you want to call it ahead of me kind of doing things. And that's with, you know, getting drafted in the WHL and I was still playing minor hockey. Um, and then, you know, world juniors and, and, um, you know, getting drafted in the NHL and stuff like that. So for me, I always looked up to him and, and looked up to kind of what he was doing before me. And, and I think I was kind of lucky kind of being the younger brother, um, you know, kind of getting to see what he was going through, just the, the big moments and the big stages in a, in a young kid's, you know, career future, with playing um, in big tournaments or on big stages or, or getting uh, the chance to get drafted and stuff like that. I've always, I always wanted it after seeing that uh, what he was going through. And, the, and then, um, yeah, when he made the NHL at 19, I was still playing junior at 17. So, and it was my draft year. So I kind of see, uh, you know, everything that he went through and then I'll definitely help me. And I think the but biggest that was, thing. That was, I was going to say that was cool though. In your draft year, didn't, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, oh, that's I, yeah, I uh, I think we want I want to say we had two or three days off or whatever, and then um, I was in Brandon. Uh, this is a time too where there's no like I was 17, never been to Winnipeg before, uh, no GPS on the iPhone, like I have no, <laughs> I have no idea how to read a map, all that type of stuff. So it's not hard getting from Brandon to Winnipeg. Once I get to Winnipeg, um, I am uh trying to find the airport and you're reading the signs on the side of the road and i go there and, I, and i'm trying to give myself two hours before the flight and i'm going to toronto no, you, 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 you gotta say though what like why they let you come to, go ahead in the first place so, no, so I'll, yeah yeah how, how like you had two days off and and they yeah, two days off. I'm, go, I'm going to toronto to watch luke and this is yeah oh, okay. i'm going, I'm going I'm going to, sorry, sorry. I'm going to watch Luke. I was getting into that, but anyways, I'm in, I'm in Winnipeg <laughs> and I get myself two hours to, you know, get to the airport and I'm, I'm driving and, and all of a sudden I end, like I see the airport sign. So I veer off and I grab, this is me being young and stupid. I have like a, <laughs> literally a backpack with me. I'm going there for a night just to watch a game. And, uh, I'm in the private hangar in Winnipeg. <laughs> and already PJ hasn't even got drafted yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm scrambling and then I give myself an hour and a half. I get there like literally 40 minutes before 17 years old, go to uh, Toronto. I think it might've been a Saturday night, hockey night in Canada game. Haven't seen Luke in a while. I've seen his first NHL or in, in person, first NHL game. And then I remember just like being so excited at the whole game, just eating the whole game. And then after Luke said, he's going to take me out to a place called Harbor 60. And I go out and we had given me a, served me up a big ribeye and uh, <laughs> a nice glass of wine and stuff like that. Just being, uh, being young and, and uh, yeah, pretty appreciative of Kelly McCrimmon. You know, it doesn't happen very often where um, you, know, you get to get to leave your junior city at all. Never mind to go watch an NHL game and take a flight and all that type of stuff. So go to the brass thankful. rail, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm very thankful <laughs> of, uh, of uh, Kelly doing that for us. Oh, that's wicked! And then the draft itself. So what what's that experience like? Did 
did you know you were going to go? Both of you went fifth, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So did you guys know that you were going to go fifth? Did you kind of have an idea where you were going to go or was that a total surprise? Um, no, I mean, I, I had no idea where I was going to go. Obviously, you know, you hear rumblings of, you know, where, where you obviously know kind of where you're ranked, like neighborhood. Um, and you know, kind of who's around you as far as teams and stuff. But, um, actually the fifth pick my year had, the, was the New York Islanders and the Leafs had the seventh pick. So the Leafs actually ended up trading up to get that pick. And, um, so, I mean, even when they traded up, I still kind of really had no idea if they were going to take me or not, but you know, what a feeling. I mean, it was in Ottawa and it was just crazy. All about buzz in Canada, obviously draft time was wild, but uh, the leading biggest into hockey that, market in the league. Yeah. Uh, but leading into that, actually, uh, the uh, the Islanders had the fifth overall pick and I was pretty sure I wasn't going to go there. Like just my interviews before the draft and stuff, like I just can tell that they weren't very high. I mean, I remember one question there, like, so like you think you're, you know, you're physical tough defenseman. I'm kind of like nodding in, in the interviews and they're like, well, so we play in the same division as Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. And I'm like, yeah, well, they have Sidney Crosby. Like, yeah. Okay. And so they <laughs> and you're go, like, I'll, yeah. I'll bench press that. <laughs> So, so they go, well, if you're a physical guy and you're going to take a run at Sidney Crosby, well, guess who the fighter is on their team? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's George LaRock. And he's, you know, the toughest guy in the league at that time. He's massive, like 260 oh, yeah. pounds and chucks lefts. And the guy's like, well, are you going to fight George LaRock after you've, you know, whatever, hit Sidney Crosby or something like that? And I look at him and I'm like, probably not. <laughs> Just being honest. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm, like no. I'm 18. This guy's 35. Like, you think I'm going to come in next year and just get like dummied by the toughest guy in the league? Like, at least like, let me work my way up, you know, sort of thing or whatever. And I could just tell they're like, Oh, okay. Like, and I could, it was just like a really awkward and weird uh, interview at the time. And I, I come out of there and I'm like, man, I'm not going to the Islanders. And sure enough, like they traded the pick down, at least traded up. And then yeah, the rest is history. So <laughs> Do they try to fuck with you in those interviews? It seems like lots of guys have those stories where they're like, same as that, like testing you with weird questions like that. Is that part of the process? Oh yeah. It's like that, the scouting combo, it's like, they know, like some of the teams know whether you're going fifth or 10th or, or you're not going and they don't like you at all. They'll just, they'll, they'll send two guys in the room with those fuck you or fuck with you. Tell you to tell jokes or sing a song or ask no them stupid shit. questions. They just put you on comfortable spots. But my interview, so with, <clears throat> I had LA was obviously interested in me and I had, you know, you, you have like 20 interviews in a day or 15 interviews in a day. So sometimes you start to kind of wear out and kind of, you know, space out, but I went to LA and they had this huge suite and it was like, there was probably only five to seven scouts at the front. And then way in the back was uh, Dean Lombardi. And if anyone knows stories about Dean Lombardi, the, the old GM of, uh, of uh, LA, he's, he's uh you know, serious and then play some mind games and stuff like that. So he was feet up on the coffee table or, or on the couch, leaning back in his chair and I had seven scouts all staring at me. And he was asking the questions from about 30 yards back, <laughs> oh. stuff like that. With so, a megaphone. Then, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just an awkward interview. I remember that one. And then they sent two of the scouts to Saskatoon to interview me at, on Thode to uh, talk Great to Great street. 
great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk to me and, and talk to, to mom and dad and kind of get to know the family and stuff like that. And for LA, what they're all, they're obviously interested in me and they drafted me and stuff like that, but they're always worried about me getting in shape. I was obviously chubby and fat when I was uh, in my draft year and stuff like that. So they wanted to know if I, uh, if I had it or not and stuff like that. But I remember when I got drafted by uh, LA, uh, I was unsure. I think Toronto was interested a little bit, but anyways, got picked by LA and I went up on the stage and Dean Lombardi, mm-hmm. I think Gary Batman shook my hand and, and Dean Lombardi was next or, or whatever uh, the order was. And, and Dean, instead of saying, Hey, congrats, like welcome to the team and stuff like that. He shakes my hand. He goes, Hey, he goes, ready to get your ass to fucking LA and start working out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happy, happy to be a part of the King. So. <laughs> yeah. But, but back, back to the stories about screwing with you. I remember <clears throat> coming out of uh, <clears throat> like you wait in the hallway or that's how it used to be. Uh, at the combine like there'd be guys in the room you'd be like okay well i got an interview now with so and so and there'd be a guy in the room before you and it'd be like half an hour time slot sort of thing and i remember zach boychuk he ended up going i think like 15th overall to carolina that year but i'm waiting outside washington capitals door and he comes out and he goes wait till you see what's going on in this room and i'm like <laughs> oh god what do you got he goes they made me just sing a song and i'm like there's no way i'm like there's no way i'm doing this and actually, they didn't even ask me. I don't know why they're just screwing at them. But uh, I'm like, well, did you sing a song? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I, go, <laughs> I go, are you sh- like shitting me? What did you sing? He goes, they made me stand up on my chair and sing a song. I go, what did you sing? He goes, I had nothing. He goes, I sang Back to School, the, the song from uh, Billy Madison, Back to School. <laughs> 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 like, what kind of joke is this right now so yeah they just screw with guys oh that's cool i've heard that actually Braden. i don't know what we would have been doing if we must have been watching the mem cup or something you were home so the blades obviously probably weren't in the playoffs because that doesn't happen very often must have been mem (laughs) cup we were there and and uh the washington guys come by the suite and uh and when they left Braden's like you i'll never forget that interview you took you said it was that like, was uh, that was the guy though i can't i i have his i know i'm not that. mentioning names yes yes i, I can't a, mention names but i, I know exactly him. who I, you're talking I, about i think i was like 24 at the time and i'm like yep that was the guy that was screwing with me when i was 17 yeah. years old yeah, <laughs> jokes and stuff like that <laughs> that's kind of fucked up though like it are you just messing with like you say like 17 year old kids but i guess yeah you see what they're yeah. well you yeah you got to be careful these days oh you yeah, get char- yeah you get charged for your guys were getting hazed by nhl clubs yeah, yeah. they're just making was, fun of you no nah, yeah. they're just you know i think what it is is their days are long too and they got to have some fun if they're not interested in the prospect and stuff like that and yeah they keep it light on their side oh that's good is there a competition between you guys as brothers say world world junior stuff right it's obviously a huge honor to play world juniors uh i think luke you got a gold medal Braden, you got a couple silvers so is that is that something that no, no real competition then i guess eh? luke freaking no. handed, handed Braden his lunch but i mean there. yeah is that like do you guys joke around with each other or do you try to like push each other to move forward or is this healthy competition or what is it like between you guys no it's always healthy i mean like i we've always like trained together in the summer and like I said, push each other. And that's kind of the nice thing about being close in age is that we're always, you know, we always had like that sort of inner sort of competition or inner push, I guess. And um, I think I kind of like probably started, like I said, growing up in the backyard rink. I mean, you're always, you know, your neighborhood buddies aren't home or, you know, they got their own thing going on with their family. It's always one-on-one, you know, us versus each other. And 
I think, you know, that kind of push has always kind of kept going, but as far as like the competition and team awards and all that stuff, I don't really think, um, you know, that's ever really pushed us. I think individually, like we've, you know, been able to push each other, but as far as like the team stuff, I mean, obviously we're proud of each other. I mean, I will say this though. I mean, when Braden got his name on the Stanley cup a year before yeah. I did, that was, uh, that was something I did want to, you know, not be outdone by watching. He's him like, keep, you can keep your gold medals. I got this one. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> You know, watching him in the Stanley Cup Finals, like I was more nervous than actually playing it myself. Like that's kind of how it is, right? You have no control over it, and you know, want to see him, you know, get his name on it. And he was able to do it year before me. But you know, after he uh, he got his name on it, there's no question that you know I had that sort of extra drive and wanted to find myself on a Stanley Cup team after that. That's sure. that's probably the, you know the the top of it for sure. Okay, all, all the little house in the prairie talk aside, have you guys ever fucking threw down and just got I, at it? How did toe? I know this question was going to come? <laughs> <laughs> come uh, on. Back in the day, uh, we always tell this story. Like, we, I, threw, we threw down four times a week. What do you, yeah. I mean. Yeah, no, but the one, the, the well, it wasn't much of a big one. It was kind of like a stupid one. We were up in Waska Sioux. And we must have been, I don't know, 11 and 9 or something like that. And we were just all hanging out with friends and stuff like that. And I grabbed an elastic gun and I pointed <laughs> it at him and I shot him. And I think I hit him in the eye or something. <laughs> yeah. And him being bigger and stuff like that, he came over to me and he cracked me in the head and broke his hand. Oh, so he's yeah. sitting there and we're in Waska Sioux and I'm just going around. Ha ha. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. So we, ever since then, we kind of laid off the fights after he cracked his, uh, cracked his hand. No, over. but like my, my, my hand like just ballooned up. We're on vacation and like my, my hand is just like throbbing. It's like a balloon. And he's, like I said, I caught him right in the spot where it didn't really hurt him. I hit him hard though, but he, uh, my dad is just like, you idiot. So then next thing you know, I have, like a, I have a cast on this big and, it was in the summertime, but back then we were playing like I think like um, whatever Saskatchewan Hustlin Huskies, like the you know AAA whatever their yeah, whatever yeah. league it is or whatever. But yeah, so I had to miss some time there because you know I had like my two um, my two fingers taped together like casted together, and I couldn't get my hat in my glove, and it was all over cracking braid in the side of the head. So yeah, that was uh, my dad wasn't very pleased with that one. But yeah, we used to like we used to fight all the time. Like it was. Dude. Basement back yeah, the lots of like you know hit each other on the backyard rink and probably get heated a little bit stuff like yeah. that you know there's always a little scrap here or there or, yeah or luke what what was the shittiest part of that breaking your hand or going to emergency in prince albert yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and i think I, I just knew it was broken and yeah it's i mean dad's probably like you said already having a couple of beers we're not driving to prince albert you're just gonna have to suck it up today but <laughs> yeah. some ice on it yeah yeah <laughs> so were you guys almost two years apart so did you play minor hockey together or were you far enough apart that you guys didn't overlap one year i played i think it was in uh was it adam adam i think i played yeah, i was really young yeah really young i played up a couple of years to play with luke other than that we, we were always just uh a year apart almost year apart. Uh, from teams. yeah a year apart just playing against one another and then obviously whl is when we kind of played against each other other than that and then well, philly played, right philly yeah, yeah. philly yeah three and a half years together in philly just about right so yeah what was that experience yeah. like being you know obviously growing up and then you're playing in these different places and then get to come together did you guys did it kind of like build your relationship i know like being on tour with my brother 
we were we were really close and stuff but once we traveled the world together and then you know we're together all the time staying together living together pretty much for those few years it really brought us together even more just experiencing that with them was that kind of your guys's case or is it different? yeah i mean i i think just think um so the way it kind of worked out uh i was living with claude drew uh the year before and he was the captain at the time and, and he had a really good relationship with paul holmgren so he kind of gave me like the the scoop on draft weekend there when, when Luke was going to get traded, it's supposed to happen on the first round day. It didn't. And, and then we thought it fell through and it ended up happening on the second round day. And I, we were just obviously pumped, you know, to, to play with one another uh, in a, in a cool city like Philly that kind of, you know, maybe likes guys like, uh, like us that are, you know, play a little bit physical and stuff like that. And I just, you know, the, the cool parts of obviously playing the games itself is, is awesome, but uh, the stuff away from the rink is awesome. We were, we were living in the same uh, condo complex. He was just a, a couple floors uh, above me and, you know, having dinners together and driving the rink together. Um, you know, it's the experience of, you know, one thing uh, playing in the NHL and then, you know, a second thing, kind of your brothers along for the ride with you, uh, yeah. kind of doing it at the same time in the same city. Um, yeah, we have uh, – like we touched before dinners on the road and, and all that type of stuff and, and playing video games in my condo. And I mean, stuff like that, you look back on now and just kind of feel how grateful you are for the, the whole situation. But there's, yeah. So like exactly what Braden said, like the whole experience, like you get to experience the same things together. Like, you know, we talked about earlier, like the rookie parties, the dinners, the travel, the, the jokes with the guys, like all that stuff. But then like the games itself too, like it was, I, I've always said, like, I don't like playing against Braden because, like, you want him to succeed. I'm a, I'm a defenseman. He's a forward. And, you know, you're out there against him and you're like, just fucking man, killing him like... off in the corner. Exactly. So <laughs> Sorry, you're playing bro. with him. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah which, once. Actually, which, which actually happened one time. It was Braden's first year in Philly and I was playing in Toronto. And we were losing like four or nothing right off the start in Philly. And Braden just got back. He missed like a month and a half of a concussion. And sure enough, the puck gets dumped in my corner. Braden's got to step on me. And I could have probably put him through the third row. And I laid off on him. I could have put him through the third row. And I could have, I could have. And like, so I come back in the intermission. We're losing like five, nothing at this time. And sure enough, coach comes in and just tears a strip off me. I don't give a shit if it's your brother. Like, you know, fucking playing like, you know exactly how we're playing right now is what you did to your brother and all that shit. I'm just like, okay, well, he just got back from concussion. I'm not the guy that's going to go do it again. But um, just like the, I remember like a couple instances too, like just how you kind of have each other's back a little bit. Like that one time, Braden, you got buried from behind. I thought your career was almost over from, what was it? Tom oh, Wilson. Oh yeah. Tom Wilson. He ran. Like yep. I seen him. I got the, <laughs> I puck in the, got the puck in the corner and he's like, obviously we know Tom Wilson. He hits hard. And the thing about, I don't think he realized how strong he is or how fast he is. And, and he came and I seen him on the corner of my eye and I kind of tried to turn last second and get out of the way. And he hit me about four feet from the boards, neck first. Right in the numbers. And, and I was done. Like I remember like, just like being a brother, I was like, literally, cause he got kicked out of the game. So I was like, well, I can't fight him this game. So then I remember like, literally I was just about out in the hall going into the Capitals dressing room, like just like, trying to find like, just like that brother instinct. Right. So yeah. like things like that, it's cool. And then the one time too, this is another funny story. So we're playing Colorado in Philadelphia and Braden's really good friends with Nathan McKinnon. <clears throat> so we go out for dinner the night before it's like the three of us, me, Braden and Nate Tyson Berry. And, uh, and Tyson Berry. Yeah. And uh, we're out for dinner and having a good time. And the next day we play and I'm the pucks gets dumped into my corner and I'm about same thing, five feet from the boards. And I'm like mid pivot shoulder checking, like in a vulnerable spot. And McKinnon gives me like a shot from behind. And I go like, 
it would have been neck first in the boards, but I turned last second and I throw my shoulder into it. And this is like full speed. And right away I knew like my shoulder's gone and I'm done. Right. And I'm like this fucking guy that we just bought him dinner the night before. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, so then Braden Calamari with him the night before and he's fucking <laughs> burying me into the boards. Yeah. So then Braden, who's like best friends with him, goes up. And he's like, okay, well, we're obviously teammates, but Braden's my brother. So the next face, I'm out of the game. Braden goes next face up to McKinnon. He goes, hey, I'm looking for, like, you got to fight me now. Let's go, Nate. And Nate's like, fuck, I'm not fighting you. Are you kidding me right now? But meanwhile, off the face up dot, right next to him, it's Jerome McGinley. Yeah. And we're, we're losing, or sorry, we're winning that game. And Nate goes, I'm not fighting. And again, goes, well, I'm looking for one. And Brain's like, I'm not fucking fighting you. And she's like, that's like our, that's like our idol growing up. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was like, yeah, we were lined up on the, yeah, it's the same thing. I was kind of getting a little bit squirrely and, and Jerome's sitting there. I'm like, I was literally waiting at the tunnel for this guy when I was like, I think we were like 10 years old waiting to get a Calgary, one of the, you know, those old uh, flames flags that everyone had on their car. Yeah. You got those, got those signed or whatever. And, we actually he ended up signing at that game, and it's like idle. At least to watch him on Sportsnet all the time, and you know, I knew he could fight too. And he goes, he's lines up, and I'm like telling Nate, he's like, "Well, I'm not fighting." Nate's like 20 at the time or 19 at the time, obviously a young stud. Jerome's like, "Well, let your guys, I'm looking for let your let your boys know I'm looking for one." I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like bent over at the at the face-off circle, and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, "Fuck, this be pretty cool or whatever." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jerome, he's like, "Yeah," he's like. I'll give, I was like, I'll give you one. He's like, yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, Tyson Berry's on the ice and he's good buddies with us too. He's screaming. I was like, shatter. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Anyways, I square off with Jerome and I square off with Jerome and I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. So he grabs me. He's fucking, he boxes and everything. Left, right, left, right. Fucking just beating the crap. And I got a couple swings in me. I'm like, go to the penalty box. I'm like, oh fuck, I guess I got fought my childhood idol or whatever. But <laughs> oh, that's how it. strong was he? How strong yeah, was he, Brady? He was just like technical and strong. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. I mean, I'm, I was I was young, and he's he's obviously gotten a lot more scraps than me. But funny thing is, I have a picture of it. I have literally just like his knuckles, just on my forehead. <laughs> and, uh, the, the night after the game, Colorado was staying over the night and I think they were going out to, to party or whatever in Philadelphia. And we were just, I was just walking down the street, going to meet some teammates. And who do I see on the street? I see Jerome. I see Tyson. I see all these guys just happen to be walking by. I'm like, not even, and then we just all started dying laughing on the street. I'm like walking by Jerome and his freaking knuckles are right on my forehead. I'm like, how does this work out? Like we, I end up with a freaking third degree shoulder separation and brain gets freaking dummied by Jerome. I'm like, Oh yeah, the Chad boys did well that night. <laughs> and, Nate, and Nate McKinnon walked away with the free meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to Tom Wilson, you guys have both had to go with Tom Wilson. Um, and, and you both fought some big tough guys and lots of them. Where does he rank in there as the toughest that you fought against? He'd be up there. Oh, for me. probably. I don't know. I, I, bottom fifty? No. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Next game, it's yeah, on. Uh, if, you ask me, if you ask me now, it'd be a little bit different. I got him when he was young. Like he was only like nine. I was twenty or twenty-one. He, he was only nineteen. So I think it'd be a lot different now. He's obviously fought some big boys. He's tough. He's strong. He's big. But Luke, Luke's fought him a couple times. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's he's tough. I mean, my first three or four years in the league, I. Chris Neal would always pick on me from Ottawa. I ended up fighting him every year. Um, I was Oof. a big boy that uh, did pretty good. Actually, one time too, I don't even know if you'd call it a fight, but 
um, Chara, we were playing in same thing actually goes back to a Gimla somehow, but this is when we were playing in Boston or against Boston in Philadelphia, but uh, Zach Ronaldo like ran Jerome Gimla. So the next thing you know, it's like, it's at the far left side, sort of by the penalty box and everyone goes and scrums it up right away. And all the refs are in there immediately. And I see from the far side, the only guy who's not in the scrum is Chara and I'm not in the scrum. And I'm looking out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, okay, rough's already in there. I'm screwed. I'm like, pretend like I don't see this guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're, <luck. laughs> yeah. So we're, we're, we're like the last one in the scrum. And he pulls me out of the scrum, drags me to center. And we're in Philadelphia. Hey, and I'm like, okay, well, fuck, I can't back down, right? So he's like, drop your gloves, drop your gloves. And I'm thinking like, this isn't good. Because there's no refs around. Like if things get sideways, right? Yeah, you're so, on your own. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, drop your gloves. And we kind of like, just kind of like, I don't even know if it's like, I was like, my plan is here, like swing, but I don't want to go like toe to toe here. So like, just kind of like hang on and go down sort of thing. And so sure enough, he clocked me with one right through my helmet. And it was at the end of the period. And he hit me so hard that the start of the second period, it was like a baseball on top of my forehead. <laughs> I could not get my helmet on. I couldn't get back in the game for like, cause I couldn't get my helmet on. It was crazy how like strong that guy is. So, oh. I mean, yeah, there's, there's some big boys in the league throughout the years. The game's changed a lot. Like, you know, I started in the league 13 years ago and back then, like your whole fourth line was total toughness and you know, your third line had a couple guys that could scrap. And now there's like, you're looking around and you're like, there might be one or two guys in your entire division who can like really, you know, well, like, you gotta hey. be able to play now. Right. And skate. You gotta keep exactly. Up. Yeah, you know, it's, if, it's totally different. So if you got that whole package, you know, I always say both you boys um, like in playoff hockey and we'll get talking about Stanley Cups before we let you go here, because um, I'm sure you guys got some good stories on on the after parties of that. But, you know, uh, you know, St. Louis hasn't been doing so good. And it's, you know, you almost it echoes what happened two years ago, Braden, I saw you in Boston. You guys were at, you guys were literally in the basement, climbed right out of the basement that year to win the cup. Um, things haven't been going so well for you. So what's old number 10 do back to back fricking majors uh, right off the draw. He's fighting, you know, trying to get a spark. Uh, that's one thing I appreciate about watching both you guys, not only just knowing you, or maybe that makes it a little more special because uh, of our relationship, but God, I love watching you guys play. And, and Luke, maybe touch on uh, the Matt Martin deal there in the bubble last year. Um, I think Braden actually texted me right after warmups and I don't know how the heck you knew, or you're just like, Luke's going Martin. It's happening right off the, right <laughs> well, off the, right off the face. Out. Showing, dude, showing it lots. Actually quickly. You want to know my Matt, Matt Martin story. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so like, whatever reason like you always play philly and like didn't even really know the islander guys at all and like the way the nasu coliseum set up they'd always have to walk by and like for whatever reason the islander guys always seem to be they played hard don't get me wrong but like they're always friendly after the game and whatever but anyways i think matt martin's known to be a, a pretty good guy and obviously guys love him uh, around uh, the islanders but he comes i get the puck out of the corner and i see matt martin he's coming from the red line like skating straight at me and i'm skating straight up uh, up the ice with the puck and i'm like he's not coming to hit me like mid ice i see him from like 30 <laughs> feet away anyways he comes and misses me and i'm, I'm kind of right in front of the goalie uh, in front of briz galloff and he he misses me and i sidestep i'm like no problem and he hits the tendy and he goes <laughs> down and he's like laying there and i'm like oh my i turn i pass the puck i turn around and matt and briz is there and i'm like i didn't see like kind of how bad it was 
anyways, I'm like, I'm, I'm the guy, I'm the closest to him. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm fighting Matt Martin. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Go fight Matt Martin and I swing once and then he swings and like, or no, but even before that, I'm, I'm, I'm actually staring at him. He's like, Shanner, he goes, I need it. He goes, I need the pims. I need the pims. Give me one. Give me one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, like you're way out of my oh. weight class. Anyways, he's like, drop your gloves. He goes, so I swing, I think once he swings. And then like, we're kind of sitting there, like kind of like tied up like this, like kind of, I don't know. It wasn't much. He goes, Hey, he goes on the count of three. He goes, I swing. Like he goes, I swing, you go down. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, perfect. So I'm like, fucking right. <laughs> I don't need to fucking stand toe to toe with Matt Mart when I'm fucking. But you were like 20 years old at the time, too. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. 20 years old and he was like 25, 26, fighting big boys in the league. And like, I just, whatever, I kind of thought I had to get in there because he hit Briz Gallop, anyways. So like, he says, all right, when, I, when he goes, when I swing, you go down. I'm like, all right. So he swings, he comes over top. And I honestly fall like I just got buckled. <laughs> and like Luke's sitting there on the bench thinking he had to go to like fight Matt Martin after because he just KO'd me. And I'm sitting in the penalty box just like chuckling up, laughing with them. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> just finishing your conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought that was funny. I've never been in a fight before. He's like, hey, he's like, I know you're like, I'm pretty much tougher than you. He's like, I'm going to swing. You're going to go down. I'm like, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> I need the pims. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. But no, uh, my, yeah, my Matt Martin. Um, yeah, I was just in the playoffs last year, obviously, uh, Islanders, big, heavy team, uh, you know, and that's kind of the element actually funny, all the teams that ended up in the semifinals and finals the last number of years, they're all big, heavy teams. So I don't know why teams are really going away from that. I think teams are actually starting to circle back to getting back to size in the lineup, but, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those things little, where this, the little promotional Luke's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Just going to throw that out there. We got to get a little advertising in for the boy. Oh, the old yeah. NFT, like you think you're going to yeah. win with, you know, figure skaters. Right. <laughs> you, so- you, you cannot be soft as whale shit. Just doesn't yeah, work. Exactly. But, no, it's just kind of one of those things. I mean, uh, yeah, same thing. Obviously you got to know sort of when, to, you know, situational, times in the game maybe your team's losing uh or you know you're down in a series or something happens but yeah i just remember uh you know that specific point i mean we're kind of going at it a little bit running each other i think it was maybe game one or game two of that series and kind of going back and forth and i think we we're kind of looking to scrap a little bit and then you know it didn't happen and then uh the next game i wasn't on the ice and he he kind of was like four checking and Braden point who's like our stud, you know, centerman was yeah. wheeling the net and Martin kind of, you know, took a big run at him and launched him a couple feet or whatever. And I just looked back to the D coach and I said, Hey, give me Martin's next shift. And he's like, sure. And I'm like, yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I go out there and did that. And I've actually, you know, I think it was, I think it was good in a sense where, you know, sometimes you do things like that and almost kind of, I'm not saying like me in particular, but just in general, like the game itself, if, if you go up there and a guy will stand up to maybe their guy who's running around or their tough guy and you do all right, it kind of just lets guys breathe a little bit around you. Be like, okay, well that's over and done with. Maybe he'll settle down and we can just start playing again. So I think that's kind of different things within the game that, you know, are maybe not often talked about is if you can kind of take care of some of that business that maybe guys don't, love doing or maybe fear going into a game if they're really not that kind of guy and be like, Oh man, is he going to come after me tonight? And, and if that guy calms down and you kind of, you know, cause in a sense he's doing his job, right? So then yeah. everyone's good. So. You're being too humble. You shut him down that game, Luke. I, I remember watching the game. It was all over for the Islanders after that. It was, you guys oh. win that game and yeah. win the Stanley cup. 
Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we were on the fishing, we were on the fishing trip, JD, just freaking that's right, shit face, and yeah, watching the game, (laughs) Julio, Bud Lights, you name it, and Menthes. Can't leave out the menthes. That doesn't sound like Jason at all. Hey, that doesn't sound like you at all having a couple on the fishing trip, just once a year, fellas. Whenever you guys get home, that's the only time I drink. Yeah, yeah, so speaking of tough guys, you guys both shared uh a stanley cup with one particular guy and when you talk about playoff teams i don't even know how you even build one without talking about big rig pat maroon let's hear some pat maroon stories fellas <laughs> oh man this guy's hilarious like he's yeah. he's the big rig like he doesn't he like rolls out of bed and just throws his gear on and goes and plays like he doesn't do any like warming up or nothing he's like 250 260 pounds and just goes out there and like knows his role and i don't know i mean the first game i played him in tampa was a preseason game in nashville and uh he got in a scrap it was it was his first like i said first game in tampa and you guys just beat what was it you guys beat nashville you guys beat them in playoffs to get to the cup final or they were there. You guys were always going head to head with them. And they were always the team that, you know, thought was going to win the cup probably before the blues. Yeah. yeah. And he had his gloves off in this preseason game and right away he skated by the bench and the whole bench, he always gets chirp. Hey, you're fat. And he's just like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't care. Like give me something else. I don't like that's, that doesn't phase me or whatever. So the whole bench is giving you're fat, you're brutal, big, and all that stuff. And, First game, he didn't have his covering yet from the Blues, and he's already showing him this one. Hey, like, <laughs> <laughs> like just rubbing it into everyone. Yeah, he's he's a he's a great teammate, and uh, I like it too. Because I, I like playing with him too because like he, he he's obviously good in the big moments, knows when to step up too. But he's so like lighter on the dressing room too. Like guys could be, you know, you could be going on a, on a tough stretch, and guys are all serious or the coach or you know, is giving it to you or whatever, and he just knows his way of lighten lighten the mood, and you know pretty personal guy that way so yeah he's uh it's not by accident he's got his name on that thing twice yeah well let's get into that i need to i need some stanley cup stories first of all obviously dream come true win the stanley cup um luke was yours was your well you're in the bubble right you guys won yeah that year so it was probably a different experience altogether than than braden's would have been um but what happens once the once the door closes or once you get out of that bubble? Is it game on or what's the whole Stanley Cup experience like for you guys? <laughs> not not <laughs> not what you ever thought of as far as like I mean, there's no fans in the building. We had no family, no friends there. It was just wild. I mean, obviously the last year and a bit with this COVID has just been nothing's gone, you know, like you'd imagine, but it doesn't take away from the feeling at all as hoisting that yeah. thing. So I mean you know, going to see Braden last year and being in Boston for game seven. Um, you know, like I said, I was the proudest older brother, oldest brother in the world. And, you know, our family was there. We, you know, got to get on the ice with the blues after and, you know, see him hoist it. And like I said, it was a proud feeling, but then fast forward a year later, pretty much, and get to be in the same situation of Tampa. Uh, it was just an unbelievable feeling. So to, when, Bra- when Braden won it, I never even touched the cup too. Right. So yeah. I didn't think you'd know, ever get the chance to win it, but, superstitious or whatever I, I didn't touch it but uh yeah hoisting that thing for the first time was unbelievable and then you know we spent that night in the bubble and didn't sleep at all and you know just kind of drank with the team and I guess maybe that's kind of the, the cool part about it was you know you win it with in a typical year you come to your dressing room after you got 100 media and you got 
you know, fans and family and all that stuff. But we kind of had the opposite where we had no one and we had just the boys. Yeah. So it was just us in the dressing room. Like we sat in our gear till like two in the morning after in the room, just, you know, having cigars and drinking and doing all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. And then we flew home the next day to Tampa. And uh, by that time, COVID's totally off limits and Florida's, you know, Kong yeah. show to begin with. And we had a boat parade, which was incredible. Um, that was uh, probably one of the best days of my life. It was unbelievable <laughs> boat parade. I mean, uh, we had the camera crew on our boat um, who did the Chicago Cubs parade when they won for the first time in like a hundred years, they did, yeah. they filmed all that. And they said, actually like theirs is, you know, way bigger millions of people in the streets of Chicago, but they said actually ours is like way cooler just being a boat parade and, you know, you're throwing beers over to the police boat next to you and they're shotgunning a beer with you while they're working. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, it was, uh, there's no, there's, it's, it's hard to describe. There's no feeling like it, but you know, to have your name engraved on that thing, it's uh, it's pretty damn special. Hey, I, Luke might not have, Luke might not have touched the Stanley cup, but he did eat some Ming shrimp out of Braden's Stanley yeah, cup. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Drank out of it, but with the straw. So that's as weird as that is, but yeah. <laughs> that's awesome Braden. what about you uh st yeah, louis obviously ours was a little different like we had we had some dark times that year we won like we were in last place i think it was like january 1st or january 3rd and then i think we won a couple games before it was like the the bye week the all-star break or whatever and then after the all-star break i think it was like we're on a two or three game win streak and then we end up going to florida we played tampa bay luke and then between tampa and florida guys are like, you know what? He's like, we need to get together here and we're going to, you know, uh, get the boys together. We're going to rally this thing. So we ended up going down to Miami for rookie party and it was Super Bowl, And we ended up partying all night and, and guys kind of getting in one and then uh, played Florida uh, after that uh, beat them. We ended up going like on a, like a 10 or 11 game win streak or, or uh, one of the higher of, of blues history. Anyways, after that, we, we had guys in a room like, like we talked about before Patty Maroon or Tyler Bozak and kind of get cocky and having fun. We had such a fun, fun group that year. And guys were talking like, Hey, we may, we may never lose again. Like that's kind of <laughs> guys were literally having fun and, and uh, drinking beers and that this team, I don't know. I've never seen a team that like to put them back as much as this one. Anyways. So we kind of go into the playoffs and, and we go into Winnipeg. We Winnipeg, you look back on their team. It's just like, like they were, they were deep. Anyways, we Schwartz scored a huge goal, and I think it was game uh, it was three. No, no, game five. Game five with like uh, eight seconds left, or yeah, something like that. And then game six, he got a hat trick. Anyways, that, and then Patty Maroon scored the the big one in game seven to to get us to the conference final. And once we got to the conference final, we uh, we kind of beat up on the San Jose Sharks. They were good and, and kind of played that physical brand of hockey and kind of wore them down. And then off to the cup final where, if you talk about the cup final, our, our experiences are a little bit different. Obviously there's this bubble, there's this isolation um, kind of away from everyone. You get to the cup final and you're just like, it's like this i mean it's not the super bowl the super bowl of hockey obviously just media everywhere like you're doing media scrums and there's like 150 media interviewing at once and just something like you don't really experience and you're just like the, the cities both cities boston and st louis like i remember going to game six and like the way we did in st louis we'd always stay in hotels during the stanley cup final just or during the playoffs just because you know people are in your in your house and they kind of want guys to get away from distractions and guys to get sleep and stuff like that and uh, going to game six like we're there was like people lined up on the street watching our bus like go to the rink like 
thousands of people just kind of like just to get a, a glimpse of the bus like you're just like sitting you're like kind of like what world am i living in here type of thing and yeah. and uh anyways i remember game six i think we got beat like five one or six one like you know the cups in the building and you're just like i just remember being like so like defeated after game six you're like how the hell am i going to get up for like game seven like you just kind of have your chance to to, to lose yeah, you know, you just missed out on a chance to win the cup in St. Louis. Now you got to go to the TD Garden where you're playing the Boston Bruins in game seven. You're like, is this going to, you know, yeah. chances yeah. of it going That's what you play. grow up. This is what you dream about. This is what uh, you worked for yeah. your whole career. And game yeah. seven, in an away rink, though, not at yeah, home. In an away rink, and you're just like hostile. I just remember before the game, you know, just like that the energy in the building and stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah, O'Reilly scored one. B Bennington was obviously unbelievable or early. And then I think we were up two nothing after one. And and I've been in a situation too where we're up two nothing going into three. And I've been in the World Juniors, we're up three nothing going into three. And you know, like in the back of your mind, like hey, this can turn at any moment type of thing, especially in the Stanley Cup final. And and uh, I was able to score in, in Game Seven. Obviously, one of the bigger goals of my career. And, and looking back on it now, it's just like you're just like wow. Like, and mm -hmm. then. The party on top of it, you know, partying in the room with the boys, partying on the ice with the families. So the way kind of their cup party went compared to ours is obviously a little bit different. We uh, we partied on the plane uh, going back with the cup and then families met us back at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. We partied till like 536 in the morning. And then we I woke up to a text at like eight o'clock uh 8 a.m and guys are like hey we're at this place called ob clark's and it was the big rig it was ryan o'reilly um, <laughs> brett hall was there probably yeah probably yeah there, there, there was guys guys that didn't go to bed that night and there was some guys played game seven partied all night and then stayed up to this ob clark's place till like seven and then after that they were done but some of us went home for two or three hours uh, of sleep got there at like noon and went to Obie's Clarkson and, and the word got out on, on uh, the news channel that the cup was there. And before you knew it, this, this Obie Clarkson is kind of like the, the watering hole for whether it's players or alumni and stuff like that. There was thousands of people outside and guys were partying with the fans and stuff like that. So we did that uh, the one night, our second day, uh, we ended up Budweiser, obviously be the factory here in St. Louis. Um, guys were obviously juiced from, from I think maybe second or third day, a couple nights of partying go to the Budweiser factory and guys are like, Hey, we're just going to take it easy or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, we have to the, the take, it, e take yeah. it easy at the Budweiser factory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where could this go wrong? So, so what happens was guys are like, Hey, we got, uh, the cup parade tomorrow. And then we're going to Vegas, uh, right after it. So we're, we're going to, you know, save our juice or whatever. Before you know, it, we're in the Budweiser factory. Guys are filling it up, just getting absolutely annihilated. I actually have some cool pictures from that night. <laughs> Parade too, I like bet you do. Yeah, the, 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 the parade that night, we were just, uh, or, the, or that day, we kind of turned the corner. We're like, ah, oh, there's a lot of fans, and then turn the next corner. And you're like, oh yeah, there's there's quite a few people here. And then we went down. It's called Market Street here in St. Louis, and there's, I think it was close to well over a million people. Just you oh, know, wow. before you know what, we we took full advantage of it. Guys were kind of, it wasn't like the traditional parade. I think where guys are kind of in their floats, drinking, like waving. Guys just were running around being absolute idiots it was pretty cool and after after that uh parade we ended up uh, going uh two days uh, in vegas with the cup so uh, <laughs> after that you just have to sit at home for about the next week and just trying to recover but how how was the flight home from vegas after all that like was it kind of like the flight of shame like you just wanted to crawl out of your own skin almost 
Yeah, exactly what it is. You know, every time you leave that damn city, you want to do that. So, <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. Never mind after a week bender, but uh, yeah, no, pretty, uh, pretty. Jason, cool. you probably partied in Vegas like you won the cup, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> Guilt busted yeah yeah that's the thing right wasn't too uh yeah you weren't booze blues and too bad because you still won the stand well, the so shitty part is i had to actually check through security at the airport unlike you guys just climbing on a, your own jet that was the only difference i guess hey you know what the positive thing luke is uh you've probably saved a considerable amount of money on playoff tickets compared to Braden did what Braden spent yeah <laughs> uh, i mean playoff tickets what were they Braden? i remember what were they like Three grand or two grand in in Boston and St. Louis in game six and seven. You're buying them for game seven. Like, so it's crazy. Like, you think it would work different, but when you get to the cup playoffs, you get two tickets at home. And then when you get to the on the road, you get nothing for game for rounds one, two, three, four. But when you're uh, in game or in your Santa Cup final, you get, I think it's like, I want to say like 80 tickets for the whole team. So, like, Mm it goes by seniority. Like each guy's get, you get two at the start. So everyone kind of gets two. And after that, you think like it worked different. Like the NHL would supply more tickets. No guys are buying them on StubHub and like stuff oh, like geez. that. So, yeah. So guys yeah. got like seven family members, 10 family members, like guys are, and, and StubHub's taking fees on top of it. Like I remember like, I think Jane Schwartz paid like close to like eight grand in StubHub fee for game seven. Wow. Just like, yeah. like yeah. just stupid stuff like that. So I think guys were like, I think at the end of it, after game, I mean, game, when you have that many people in town and stuff like that, you're buying tickets at 2,500 bucks a pop and, and, and getting people uh, in the door. And I think guys had some, had some big bills, but uh, it would have been a different story if he didn't win it. And it's definitely That's worth true. It. Yeah, That's true. Like, well worth it. Yeah. So yeah, are we going to, we could see a, we could see a showdown. I see St. Louis, you guys are coming around here. You just knocked the brother-in-law out of the playoff spot there, Braden. Thanks. Contract yeah. year for Lanny. Um, yeah. I'd like to see you work with us a little more on that. Please. But uh, what uh, you think you guys got it turned around here, Braden? What you want to see out of your group? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're it's, two it's awesome. big wins here, eh? Yeah, we had we had three, uh, three big wins in a row. Um, the thing about our schedule is like just because of COVID and the way it's set up, it wasn't supposed to be set up like this, but it is now that uh, we played the Yotes like seven times in a row in, in the middle of the season, just because of, of COVID canceled games and stuff like that. So all our games now are the top teams. we got Minnesota, uh, Vegas, and Colorado. I think we got one game against Arizona other than that. So we got a tough schedule uh, heading in there, but uh, we're playing well now. Uh, goalie's playing well. Um, I mean, we just went through a tough stretch there. Um, it was like seven or eight games of scoring one or two goals and, it's tough to win in this league when you when you're doing that. So now, uh, hopefully, these three games give us some momentum here heading into the final 15 or 16 games. Luke, what about the the Bolts? You guys are looking pretty solid here right now, huh? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, we're uh, you know we're right on track, I guess, as far as where you'd want to be in the standings. Obviously, like you said, you, you go through some stretches here and there where you know your games maybe not where you'd like it to be as a team. But the good news for us is you know we got our best player coming back who hasn't played all year. Uh, he had hip surgery, Nikita Kucherov. He hasn't played all year, um, had surgery right at the start of the year, and he'll be back probably right at the start of the playoffs. So, you know, he's 100 points every year in the regular season, plus 100, 120, 130 points. So he hasn't played for us. He was, uh, I think he was led our team in points last year, you know, when we won the, play, won the cup too. So uh, to get him back, I mean, there's no bigger deadline, or you could say, 
acquisition coming into the playoffs, everyone goes out and gets their trade deadline acquisitions. But when you got your best player coming back, who hasn't played all year for the playoffs, I think that'll be a huge boost. And in saying that, there's uh, you know a lot of great teams out there. You look at Colorado's on fire right now. Vegas is a solid team in our division. Like Florida and Carolina are good. There's just uh, you know anyone can beat anyone on any given night. You just kind of got to yeah. you got to have some breaks along the way. You got to get hot and obviously. The end of the day, you can't win without a goaltender. So uh, lucky for us, you know, both of our teams, we've had goaltenders who've won Stanley Cups. So that's that's helpful. Definitely, that's wicked. Well, we've held you for a long time. I know you guys have a busy schedule. Yeah, real tough day. Got to yeah. golf and shit. Yeah, I got right. I hear you. Got Nash, that's that's Nash, National League life. COVID tests. Yeah. First, first, first time playing for me since I've actually golfed with the cup. That was the last time I had the golf. I had the, uh, I had the cup in my cart last time I golfed. So I'll be. Uh, <laughs> awesome. That was the last time I played. So it's been been a while, but looking forward to get out and uh, swinging it. Definitely. Well, Scott's got our infamous question for you. Well, Braden and Luke, uh, it's been awesome talking to you guys, and and what a story you have. Two Sasky boys just kicking ass daily, and uh, I know Jason. He speaks very highly of you all the time and your mom and dad a man shout out to them they are great people i've got to sit around the old island and uh <laughs> and have and have the odd sip with them but anyway that being said uh, this is the hashtag nfp podcast and we have our take on it and and we're just wondering what your take is on, on it and Braden, maybe you can kick it off well exactly what it stands for you know <laughs> obviously the <laughs> the no fucking pussies uh <laughs> podcast it's funny like you wear the, I'll wear that hat around the rink all the time. Guys are like, what, what is NFP? And I'm just like, well, if you really need to know, like <laughs> what it stands for, but I just, you know, I think, you know, NFP, it's just kind of, uh, kind of, uh, you know, a way of, uh, life or, or playing the hockey game. Uh, just don't kind of take shit from anyone, um, play hard, uh, work hard and, and kind of be a good teammate. And, uh, it's honestly been, a, it's been a slogan around kind of our, our household for a long time. And, uh, uh, respect it and respect what you, what you guys are doing. Yeah. For me, I mean, I'm same thing like JD is brought over. I got, I got that NFP hat and every different color you guys ever made. And I rock <laughs> them all, all the time. <laughs> I absolutely love those things. Wear them all the time too. And it's like, for me, I'm proud. Like, it's like, I almost feel like a part of like the whole 3d bull riding sort of, you know, thing too, just by rocking it. And, uh, same thing for Braden. It's like, you don't take shit from anyone. And, you know, sometimes you, you get knocked down everyone does in life and you get back up and you come back swinging even harder. And like I said, um, so many times where, you know, you feel like you're, you're, you're down, but you're never out and you kind of have that mentality and that attitude. And that's kind of like what you know, all you Cowboys do. Right. So, I mean, uh, you get thrown around once in a while, but you keep going and, uh, come back harder. And, um, I mean, in reality, I, you know, I, I heard, uh, cowboy talk about it on your guys podcast a while ago how soft uh you know some people are in society is these days and you know everyone's got their opinions and you know you can't say too much or you know people get take things the wrong way and, and uh get their feelings hurt but at the end of the day you know if you live your life kind of the way that you guys are are talking and you know that hashtag right there says it all for me so i mean uh pretty pretty cool uh trademark that one all day and uh you know if you can if you can uh follow that i mean you're you're in a good spot yeah and you oh, just nice. like, you wear you wear, right. you wear the hat around the locker room and guys like always ask you what it means then you tell them and they pretty much say i couldn't be a more true statement for for you guys that kind of 
bullfight and, and bull ride and stuff like that, they realize how, how tough guys are and, and how tough you have to be mentally to hop on a bull or, or stand in front of a bull. And, and guys are uh, kind of respect what you guys do. But I, I wear like that hat with pride too. Like, I feel like I wear that hat and I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I can't be a fucking pussy. Today. Like, and, <laughs> and, 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 so, and some guys will like, some guys will like, like the logo or like the hat. Be like, Hey, you think you can get me one of those? And be like, and in my mind, I'm like, I probably could, but you don't deserve it. Like, <laughs> you're, a fucking, you're, you're a fucking pussy. I think, uh, uh, I believe, uh, I think, uh, didn't I send, I, I think I did a, uh, just a handful, maybe four or five. I sent you guys and I give one to your dad and maybe Rosie, Jay Rosehill, when yeah. he was with Philly. I think I did some black and orange and put your guys' yeah, you numbers did. on them and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. You oh, know, because cool. Rosie deserved one. Like oh, yeah. he oh, could yeah. wear that hat all day. In fact, I, I think yeah. that's why he come over. He just loved that shit so much. That I text like, you. I text Jason. That's one guy you need on your podcast. Is Jerry? We'll get him. I've already talked to Tanner, he, he, and yeah. and I said, yeah, we got it. This guy, like he, grew he can up talk in an for days, and he, and he has stories like crazy too. Beauty. He's good at telling them. So oh, that's good. Well, I'll tell you what, fellas, uh, I've known you both a long time, um, and uh, if I was a GM in this league, and and I wanted to win a Stanley Cup, um, I can say it with 110% honesty, I'd want both you guys on my lineup. Uh, you play the game the way it's supposed to be played. I've spent a lot of time, like Scott said, sitting around the Island talking with Jeff about hockey and, and, you know, Jeff can sit back and, and everyone thinks he's just a firefighter that raised a couple of NHL players, but I know he had a big influence on you guys and he knows what he's talking about. So, um, you know what they all, they say, you plant a potato, you get a potato. So, uh, we'll, or we'll potatoes. be, or potatoes. <laughs> or potatoes, yeah. so we'll be, uh, we'll be cheering for you fellas. We'd love to see a Shen versus Shen, uh, playoff, uh, Stanley cup playoff. Oh that'd man, that'd be, that'd be tough on the, on the family. I don't know which way to yeah. be going with that. Yeah, no shit. It wouldn't be going easy in the corners if that was the case. No, no, no. no. He's going through the third row. Of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about the consequences guys. later? Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, yeah, we've held you for a long time. We'll be watching and cheering you guys on. Thank you very much for joining the NFP podcast presented by 3B Entertainment. That was quick in my mind.